Welcome to Pass the Ox, a podcast for the beautiful and dirty rich. This is episode 10, and we're recording on December 21st, 2021. If you like the show, you can follow on Twitter at PassTheOx15 for updates on the podcast, as well as the weekly live radio show on WODU. Today, we're discussing Lady Gaga's debut studio album, The Fame, released in 2008. I'm here once again with Jackson. Uh, would you like to tell me about your relationship to this album or your general feelings about it? Yes. Well, first off, hi, everyone. I'm so excited <laughs> to be back on the podcast. And yeah, so The Fame is a phenomenal album. Um, I actually don't have a super like sentimental connection to that album like I did with Blackout. Mm-hmm. However, this album really just makes me think back to... Um, my childhood and kind of just being in awe of Lady Gaga when she first mm-hmm. came out and just like watching her videos and just being enamored with her and yeah it's a very kind of I guess nostalgic so I don't know why I didn't say I didn't have a sentimental um, <laughs> yeah. relationship to it I guess I'm just not like it's not my favorite Lady Gaga album but mm-hmm. I love it if that makes sense mm-hmm. I kind of want to ask what your favorite is but also I'm like let's just wait because I know, <laughs> I know we're doing at least one other one in the future mm-hmm. so um yeah we'll, we'll get to that on another episode um but yeah I totally understand like just being in awe of like her personality because she has so much like star power like she's really um well I feel like not as much anymore but definitely at this time period she was like like the epitome of fame you know yeah like and she had that kind of air of mystery to her Mm -hmm. and people were like speculating they're like oh my god she's like transgender she's like weird (laughs) like she doesn't know like like she's she's crazy and all this stuff she wears like crazy outfits yeah and that was actually the whole entire point of like what she was trying to do with the fame is she wanted Mm -hmm. to bring back that like celebrity culture of like the 90s and stuff and I think she definitely did that and it's kind of crazy that she kind of like created this whole like famous persona and did exactly what she was trying to kind of not really even critique because she was trying to celebrate it like she was quoted by saying like it's not cool to like, it doesn't make you cool to dislike pop culture and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So she really brought back that air of celebrity and mystery that I don't really think could exist nowadays because of like social media. Yeah. Like we know so much about celebrities, but she was one of the last like real celebrities where it was like, what's she really like? Like what does yeah. she wear to bed? Like what is she, what's her yeah. life outside of the cameras? Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like social media has taken a lot of the like mystique out of it, which is, Uh, I'm not saying that, like, as a good or a bad thing. It just is, yeah. Yeah, it's just an Mm -hmm. observation. Um, But I do feel like... I'm not even... I've never even listened to, like, a full Billie Eilish song. Mm -hmm. But I do think there was a lot of that when she first came out. A lot of people talking about, like, oh, like, who is she? Um, Oh, you know that's true. Yeah, like, with her wearing, like, the... um, Like, really baggy clothes at first. And then it was, like, a big deal when she started to wear, like... um, I don't know, I guess, like, more typical pop star clothing. Uh Uh-huh. But that did kind of just make me think of that weirdly. But like I said, I'm not even like, it's not that I'm a hater, but I'm not even like a fan of her. So I don't know why that came to mind. But Well, it's kind of like the similar thing in this kind of larger than life figure. But we knew so much about her. Like, I'm not even a huge fan. Like, I like like a lot of her music, actually. But so maybe I am a fan. But basically, (laughs) like, she, um, where is it going with that? Oh, yeah. Well, we knew that she like her and her brother were like this writing yeah. team so like even though we knew a lot about their background yeah. and who they were and like there's videos of Billie Eilish being like a Justin Bieber fan like on yeah, YouTube that's so true, yeah. but like with Gaga like there was nothing like because mm-hmm. just because of the internet like there was mm-hmm. like it's not that she was like hiding her past or anything it's just like we didn't physically know yeah yeah and it's kind of interesting anything. how quickly 
the internet has developed over the years because even in so this came out in 2008 mm-hmm. and it was like the internet was very much like a thing at the time but it wasn't nearly what it is today yeah which is really interesting and also people didn't use it in the same way that they do now totally because it's just like it's we're basically like we basically live like 50 percent of our lives on the internet and 50 percent in you know non-virtual spaces nowadays and even right now like we're using technology and like Mm -hmm. even the idea of a podcast like yeah it's just crazy and it's like common like there's even radio shows but like even just people like us, like college students, doing yeah. it, like, we have, like, we're able to just do it from our phones, so mm-hmm. the technology is really insane. Yeah, totally. Um, so I did have a quote here that kind of mirrored what you were talking about. Um, a quote from Gaga herself, Miss <laughs> 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 Germanata herself. Um, so she said, The fame is about how anyone can feel famous. But it's a shareable fame. I want to invite you all to the party. I want people to feel a part of this lifestyle. And I think that's um, that really rings true to me as a motivator for like the entirety of her career. Yeah. Um, especially not just the title track, Born This Way, but also like the song Bad Kids on there. Yeah. Um, even with some of her more recent stuff with like Chromatica, I think a lot of her um, musical output is kind of like... Tr- like really sharing the lifestyle and like inviting people to feel as though they are like elevated. Yeah, I totally. Guess. I yeah. totally agree with that. And also just with like just in general, like she just wants people to dance and just be happy mm-hmm. with her music. Like I remember with Chromatica she was saying that she was just ready to like dance and like yeah. share the music with people. I don't know what happened to the Chromatica era, but <laughs> hopefully she comes back to that because we need a video for nine one one. Uh, no, I mean, um, replay. I need a video mm-hmm. for that. But that's a total side note. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, when I was going into listening to this album, uh, it had been a while since I last listened to it, but I did already know most of the songs. There were maybe, like, four that I had never heard before, or if I had heard them, it was not, like, enough to remember it, really. Mm-hmm. Um but in my mind, this album is also very much interconnected with the bonus EP album repackage, The Fame Monster. Right. And so I was kind of surprised when I actually looked at the breakdown of the track list and, like, which songs were part of which project. Yeah. Because now I see, like, how different they really are. But in my mind, like, when I first went into this, they were all very much, like, part of the same, um, I guess, like, not sessions, but, like, kind of the same, like, point in time, but they're very different, actually. Yeah, they were, like you said, that they were definitely, like, right on top of each other, like, released, so, but, anyway, I'm like, we'll get into all that later. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, so I think we'll hopefully be covering the fame monster, um, on a future episode. Yeah, because that's actually my favorite. Yeah, yeah, I do think the fame monster overall, even though it's not a full album, I do think it's a little more solid than the fame, Mm -hmm. um, but it's kind of, like, because it is shorter, like, there are less songs, so it's kind of, like, um, complicated to really compare them to each other because they're different. Totally. Um, and also, like, thematically and stylistically, they're they're similar, but they're very different at the same time. Um, yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. I feel like the fame is definitely, like, the younger, um, more, like, upbeat sister of the two. And yeah. she's, like, she's, like, a little bit naive. <laughs> and it's not that she's, like, unaware of the world, but it's just that she feels, like, um, like, she knows that there are bad things in the world, but she doesn't feel like they could happen to her almost. Totally. <laughs> yeah, like, 
she just wants to like live the fame lifestyle and like mm-hmm. be famous and it's, it's enamored by celebrity culture and stuff and then mm-hmm. the fame monster is like okay I've been famous and like this is like what it's really about and like these yeah. are like me, my deep like dark insecurities coming yeah. out <laughs> and like yeah like she has experienced things she's experienced the reality of fame and she's not just looking at it from like an outsider perspective and saying like oh that must be so nice mm-hmm. like she's kind of really uh, feeling all of the realities of it right um, but again we'll get into that in a future episode yes so the fame itself not including the fame monster won two grammys um the song poker face won best dance recording and the album as a whole won best electronic and dance album uh i don't always mention like um, when albums win awards and stuff um mm-hmm. on the podcast episodes because like especially the grammys i feel like they're like influence is very much waning yeah <laughs> because every year the list comes out and people are just like this is a terrible list <laughs> i know and it's like confirmed that you can just basically bribe yeah judges yeah it's or like, whatever like their camp or something like that yes totally um but i did want to point that out because i think especially back in the day i feel like the grammys were a much bigger deal in like yeah. this time period than they are now especially for a debut album yeah um, but I do think that's cool that the album won two Grammys. Um, so the personnel on the album, the producers, um, I don't know if this is all of them, because again, it's a pop album, so there's a lot of personnel involved, but I did write down three producers. Red One is like the major one on the album. Right. And then there's also Rob Fusari and Martin Kirsenbaum. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't mess with Rob Fusari. Okay, so he's like, because I remember you were kind of telling me there was like some drama there. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know everything, but I just know we don't F with him. Okay, got it. Just putting that out there. <laughs> um, and then for the songwriters, it's some of the above producers that I mentioned. And then also Nadir Kayat is a s- songwriter on like quite a few of the tracks here. Mm-hmm. Um, Gaga herself is a songwriter on every single track on the album. And she's also a co-producer for Paparazzi as well as Brown Eyes, which is interesting that she's a co-producer on those two specifically because they're they're like really not similar at all. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Um, Okay, so for the appetizers, which if you've never listened to the show before, I always like to do two or three songs that people might listen to if they want to get a feel for the album or if they're not sure where to start, or they don't want to listen to the whole thing for whatever reason. So for yeah, the, whatever dumb reason. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so for these, um, for this album, I chose Just Dance, Paparazzi, and Summer Boy. I think Just Dance is, like, the perfect, like, summation of the album as a whole. Oh, yeah. And totally, like, the perfect opener, um, the perfect opening track. Uh, I also think Paparazzi is really good, and it shows it's... Um, a little bit more um, directly addressing, like, the whole idea of, like, fame and her obsession with it in that right. song. Um, but it's also just a fun pop song, and so I think it works well in that way. And then the third one, I chose Summer Boy because the last, like, four or five songs on the album are kind of a different vibe and a different sound to them a little bit. Yeah. And I think Summer Boy is, like, one of my favorites out of those last few so I chose that one because I think it just represents um, kind of that other side of this album, which isn't really represented by, like, the big singles. Um, so, yeah. Did you want to, like, add to that or comment on it? No, I totally agree. Okay. And I love Summer Boy, by the yeah. way. Yeah, so I'm excited to get to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. 
So track one is Just Dance featuring Colby Odonis. Mm -hmm. This was the lead single, and it's also the opener on the album. And like I said, I think it's the perfect opener for the album. It just really sets the stage. It puts you in that, like, um, glam, (laughs) I don't even know, like, disco, like, all of it. It makes me think of, um, like I said, the nostalgic of it. Like, I remember being in elementary school like we're so young Mm -hmm. when this came out like maybe we shouldn't have been listening to this but like in like the skating rink of like school like there would be like all the skating parties i just remember like constantly skating to like like poker face and like uh just dance and like having like the disco lights and i just remember like the Mm -hmm. atmosphere of like the roller skates and like the cold like ac i don't know Mm -hmm. i just think back to that time it just makes me think of kind of like being a kid too like just dance kind of like even though you know they're Gaga said that it was about when she wrote it when she was, like, really hungover, and it was kind of about, like, just dancing through, like, being overly intoxicated, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I get that, but I'm like, I'm just thinking (laughs) back to being a kid and, like, the roller skating rink, but there's kind of, like, two messages to this, and it's about the, like, dancing through intoxication, but she also said that it's about kind of, like, just getting through, like, hard times Mm -hmm. and getting through times in your life, like, just dance, like, just go, just get through your life, like, um, <laughs> just get through with, like the hard <laughs> things that you can do and she said that it's not like a super deep meaning but it's kind of like just for the heart of people and it's kind of like a heart theme song she mm-hmm. said so it's kind of just like it doesn't have to be a super deep message or it doesn't the message doesn't have to be conveyed in the lyrics when you know that just dance can be applied to so many different situations yeah and can really be like pump you up like you said mm-hmm. like it's a really good song yeah, I always love like hearing what Gaga has said about her music. I know. She always like, I don't know, some of the like word choices that she uses. It's like she's she's a very interesting individual in interviews. Yeah, she is. Um, <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, I was like trying to think of a way to work this into the episode because <laughs> I love when she was doing like the Stars Born. Yes. Like she kept saying it in every interview. Um, like mm-hmm. there can be a hundred people in a room. <laughs> One and they made fun of her on stage, and she was like, she had a sense of humor about it, and she was like, "It's true." Yeah. So like, she definitely, it's like it's ridiculous, but it's like she's always able to laugh at herself. So yeah, like, it's like fun. Yeah, like she is very, um, she is a little bit ridiculous, you know. Like she is, she <laughs> and really not is. even in a bad way. It's like, oh my god, that's like my aura, like. In the, um, or what I want it to be, when she was um, in, in the interview for A Star Is Born, and then the interviewer, like, complimented her nails, and she was like, oh, thanks, it's ballet slipper. <laughs> and then the lady was like, she was like, um, oh, I wanted that same color, but they were out, and she was like, oh, your, your salon didn't have ballet slipper? And she's like, no. <laughs> and Gaga, like, she, like, put her, like, hands in her hips, and she was like, sorry. Like, she said it like that. And she was like, got the last one. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And I just love that, and that just encompasses Gaga for me. And also, mm-hmm. when she constantly talks about being Italian, yeah, like, all the time, like, I love that she's, like, proud of her heritage, but it's just funny, because she's always, like, and as an Italian person, <laughs> it's like, okay, girl, like, we get it, you're Italian. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So she's just ridiculous. I love her. Yeah, those videos always show up in my, um, like, YouTube recommended. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, the algorithm really wants me to watch those. <laughs> it's, like... It'll be, like, a 15-second video, like, some clip of Lady Gaga, like, mentioning Italian or, like, talking <laughs> in Italian. I don't know. Last but... one. Last one <laughs> is yeah. when um, she was doing some interview, and I don't know the total backstory, but I know she was, like, she was talk. she was, like, performing for some, like, football game or, like, it was something like a sporting event, mm-hmm. and somehow she, like, she was talking about, like, they were asking her, like, a serious, like, topic, 
And she clearly knew nothing what she was talking about. She just <laughs> randomly was like, well, like, the Romans were great fighters. And, like, I'm just so honored. Like, I just love her so much. I love her so much. Oh, my gosh. I didn't. I didn't know, like, the context, but I have seen that, like, as a meme or something somewhere. I just think about that whenever I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm like, well, the Romans were great <laughs> fighters, and... Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. So, back to Just Dance. Um, <laughs> I do have, like, a really weird memory of this song. Um, I don't know if it was... It would have been, like, at least a year after the album came out, maybe, like, 2009-ish. Mm-hmm. But it couldn't have been, like, later than 2010, um, but my brother had just gotten a laptop. This was, like, shortly after Christmas one year, mm-hmm. and my brother got a laptop for Christmas, which was, like, a big deal because, um, like, back in the day... <laughs> I mean, I say this as if we're, like, old. We're not even old, but, like... I mean, it was, like, over 10 years ago, so... Yeah, yeah. At that point, it was, like, laptops were, like, a big deal. Yeah. Because most people had, like, a giant desktop computer, and that was it. Like, yeah. Like, that was... That was where the computing happened. <laughs> it was not happening, like, portable in any way. But my brother had, like... We were, like, sitting in the parking lot somewhere, and my brother had iTunes on his computer. And uh, obviously we didn't have, like... We weren't connected to the internet because we were in some parking lot. And we were, like, waiting for our parents to come out of some store. And he just, like, pulled up Just Dance, and he was, like, playing it off of his laptop. And I don't know why, so but... iconic. I, yeah. That's just, like not like a core memory for me but it's like one of those random things that like i think about more than like i reasonably should yeah like and like just associates like it just associates that childhood just early kind of early development thing of like the music that shaped us yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, so that was my like personal experience with (laughs) just dance um but also for many years i always thought the very first Actually, I'm not sure if it's the first or the second thing she says, but she says Red One, which is the producer's name. Yeah. Um, but I always thought it was Red Wine. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I think I, I heard that, like, people thought that. Yeah. It's like, but I, I knew it was Red One, so I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> so I'm better than you. <laughs> I'm like, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like I got the last one. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, for many, many years, I always thought it was red wine. And, like, that just that makes sense, sense to me. Because I'm, like, the song is about, like, partying and especially drinking. So yeah. I was like, yeah, she's having red wine. Like, why not? <laughs> um, yeah. But this song was originally written for the Pussycat Dolls, which I had oh, to I didn't look up. I know that. Yeah. The Pussycat Dolls, I always get confused with some of those other, like, 2000s girl groups in my mind. Because mm-hmm. they were not, like, a huge, like, part of my, um, like, musical whatever growing up huge part of mine yeah (laughs) yeah like I just didn't really listen to any of that growing up and so I had to look up like some of the songs that they wrote but they did um don't ya and when I grow up and I'm trying to remember how don't ya goes don't you wish your girlfriend yes, that was one. raw like me? <laughs> I always, when I see Don't You, I always think of a different song. Um, Ugh, we'll have to educate you later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I remember when I grew up, and the only reason I knew when I grew up is because that one was on, I think, like, Just Dance 2 or something. Like, mm-hmm. one of those. Uh, speaking of Just Dance. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Isn't that interesting that it, like, spawned, like, a whole video game? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure they just named the video game after it, but, like... Wow, like, that's pretty, like, crazy. Yeah, that just shows, like, how how much it was, like, in the cultural zeitgeist or whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and 
I saw that Gaga mentioned in an interview that this song was written in 10 minutes, which is, yeah. like, I always find it interesting when artists feel the need to, like, mention things like that in an interview. Mm-hmm. She also did that with um, Love Game, which I'll talk about when we get to that one. But, like, it's just interesting to me when artists feel the need to say, like, oh, yeah, I wrote this song in, like, this number of minutes. <laughs> it's, like, mm-hmm. interesting to me. Because I'm, like, not that it makes the song, like, any better or worse, obviously, but I just yeah. find it interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Um... Yeah, so I think Colby O'Donis, he's, let's see, he's one of two features on this album. There's only one other song with a featured artist on it. Um, Thank God. (laughs) Yeah, and it's kind of interesting to me because I do think he's a really good vocalist. I really like his part. Yeah. I found out, well, during research for this, I found out that it was originally Akon was supposed to be the... Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he was supposed to do the vocals, but, like, Universal didn't, like, clear his vocals. I don't really know what that means. I I literally don't know what that means. It's, like, big legal talk, but somehow he couldn't sing on the album, so he got Colby Aldonis to do it because somehow... I think he was involved in in the writing of the song or something like that. He was involved and he was going to be featured, but he couldn't, so he was like... Get this man up here. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Because I, I know I definitely read, um, like, in Gaga's early career, like, the lead-up to this album, and, um, like, Akon was one of the people who kind of, like, championed for her a little bit. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So I can... That makes a lot more sense that he would, like, have been the intent, the original intended feature for this song. Yeah, because um, Colby Aldonis, I've never, like... Yeah, I he's don't random. Know, I'm, like, I don't, walking down the street, I don't know who this man is. I'm <laughs> I sorry to say it. I hope it sound ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, but I do think he's a good vocalist, and it's kind of interesting to me that he never had, like, a big moment of his own, because um, he was on this song, which was really successful, of course, and then he was also on... He was featured on one of Akon's songs, mm-hmm. and that was, like, the only other thing that was really, like, popular in his career. And actually, on Apple Music, Kobe O'Donnell only has one album. Really? And it came out in, like, 2008. But, like, he has released music since then, so I'm, like, I don't know what the deal is, but... Interesting. Yeah. It is surprising, because I think he, he does show a lot of talent here on this song. Yeah. And so I'm kind of surprised that he never had, like, a real moment. Um, but I do like the bridge of this song because it's literally just random words. Psychotic, hypnotic, electronic. Yo! Exactly. It's so good. It's yeah. So good. And I like that she says Paco instead of pocket. Paco. Melato. So that was just like something fun that I noticed. I was like, um, yeah, it's like totally ridiculous, the bridge. Um, mm. But it sounds good. Like, the way it like. She sings it, and then it, like, doubles her voice, but it's, like, off. Like, it's not, like, the same, like, yeah. beat, so it's kind of, like, trippy and crazy. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I like that. Um, but, yeah, Just Dance is obviously an iconic song. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to add about that one? No. Okay. So, track two, Love Game, which I feel like this one is, like, one of the closer ones to your heart, I feel like. Yeah, this one's one of my favorites. I love this song so much. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the video. I love the... I love everything about it. And the funny part is that Gaga actually said this to someone, a guy in in a club. She, like, said that to him. And (laughs) I just think that that's so funny and so Gaga. Yeah. Um, That's so Gaga, but for real. (laughs) No, but I don't know. This song is just, like, a bop. Like, I don't know. I've never heard really any song kind of like it before or really since. Like, the production of it is just so cool. It is, yeah. I just, it's almost, I don't know, Just it's so melodic and it's so, like, 
bouncy and I just really like it. And I really especially love the music video mm-hmm. for the song. I love that scene where they're like walking, or she like walks down the steps mm-hmm. and it's just, and then like she's like strutting, like it's so good. And then she has like the diamonds like all over her body and yeah. she's like, and she was like bold, like she like spread her like legs open in the video. <laughs> I was like, come on girl. And like the freaking last like dance like chorus choreography, so good. Like I feel like she just mm-hmm. really like brought out the star power that the song deserved for the video and Mm -hmm. and she's like bisexual icon because she's making out with like a female cop and then a male cop and it like switches and it just i just love the video it's so good and just really enhances the song yeah and it's exactly what i imagine when i listen to it yeah it's kind of interesting how um i feel like her bisexuality really plays a big role in this album yeah and also even more so i feel like on the fame monster Oh, um, yeah. Because there are, like, several songs. Like, on here, she's kind of, like, being a little bit coy about it. Yeah. But then on the Fame Monster, she, like, directly brings it out. Literally, um, like... Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting to me that, like... I feel like the label let her do that because it was, like... Like, her image was so, like, shocking. Right. And so I feel like for them, for the label, it, like, added to the shock value. Yeah. But for her, she was, like, literally just expressing herself, I feel like. I know, because back then, you know, obviously... We've made a lot of progress with the LGBT stuff. Mm-hmm. And we still have a long way to go. But also, like, back then it was even more, like, yeah. in a box and even more shocking just to even be that. But now, like, it's really yeah, it's really not yeah. anything to write home about when an artist isn't straight. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I'm also thinking, like, I don't remember exactly what year, but I want to say it was 2007 or 2008, around the same time when... Katy Perry, I Kissed a Girl came out. Yeah, and that was like, ooh, she yeah. like, ooh. I don't yeah. know, that's all the only thing that comes to mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like very, it was very much used as like a shocking thing. Um, and I don't know like Katy Perry's sexuality at all, so I'm like, um, I don't know the story behind that song. But mm-hmm. it's interesting to me that it was like such a such a thing at that time, yeah. kind of. Or her song, literally, "You're So Gay." Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I forgot about that one. I know people get mad at that song, and I'm like, I understand, but like that's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that song since I was probably like nine, mm-hmm. so I would have to listen to it again before I make any judgments on yeah. it. Yeah, but yeah, it's interesting to me that um, I don't know. Like, I feel like culturally. There's always been, of course, there's still a stigma with, like, lesbianism uh-huh. and, like, um, like women, I guess, like, being attracted to or, like, sexually involved with other women. There is still a stigma, but it's not quite the same um, as, because there is, like, there's a lot of, like, male gazy like, things. Like, a, mm-hmm. a lot of straight men find it attractive. I was just going to say that. It's, yeah. like it was more probably able to be used because they're like, oh, well, like, guys find it hot. Exactly, yeah. Like... Yeah. Whereas, um, I feel like definitely in 2008, but even still today, uh, like, a man being, like, attracted to or, like, sexually involved with another man is still, like, very taboo. Yeah. Because it's, like, it kind of threatens that idea of masculinity. Yeah, it literally goes against that, like... Yeah male role in society yeah so i feel like it's less accepted because because of that because it goes like men they're the problem (laughs) let's talk about it yeah so i don't know just something to think about some food for thought Mm -hmm. for all of you um and this is like see i'm like you see how nuanced yeah like the music is it's like it's literally just like i want to take a ride on your disco stick but it's like all this like stuff it just it pop culture just really is ingrained Mm -hmm. in like 
intertwined with our lives and it's like it brings out different messages and it talks about like okay well this is what was going on at the time oh this is like the laws that were in place at the time or this is like the social stigma that was there at the time it just Mm -hmm. gives you kind of that like a nostalgic memory of it Mm -hmm. and just it's able you're able to talk about bigger issues yeah totally from music as well as just popping yeah (laughs) yeah definitely that's what I've actually enjoyed a lot about like um coming on this podcast and talking about albums that like you wouldn't necessarily think have that much depth, like with yeah. Blackout and this album, but yeah. then you get talking about it and you're like, wait, this has like so many connections to other things. Exactly. Love it. Uh, so like I mentioned earlier, uh, she did say in an interview that this song was written in four minutes. I didn't actually is, know that. Yeah. I mean, I think I found that on like Wikipedia. So I'm like, I don't, I mean, of course they do have like the little sources linked, but I was like, I just wrote it down. Like I didn't like look at the source. Yeah, I'm like, we're not um, planning to be Gaga Encyclopedia. Over no, here. yeah. But I do think that's interesting, especially like I can see writing a song in 10 minutes, but I'm like, four, four minutes, minutes is really fast. Gaga must have been on some speed or something. <laughs> um, but I mean, like you said, like she literally said that, like the main line of the chorus, like I want to take a ride. Um, she said that to a person. Yeah. So. And- I just made a joke about that, but, like, she is a really gifted, like, lyricist. It's, like, yeah. a whole thing, so I feel like that kind of thing just comes naturally to her, so I can see it, especially with mm-hmm. just a fun, like, song like Love Game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I do have a couple lyrics here. Um, this this song's kind of interesting to me, the way that she, like, she almost sounds a little bit, like, robotic, like, yes, in some parts. Totally. Um, even, like, n- like, not just her vocal style, but also the lyrics. She says, I'm on a mission, and it involves some heavy touching. You've indicated your interest. I'm educated in sex, and now I want it bad. And it's, like, really interesting the way that she says that so, like, almost, like, scientifically. <laughs> I understand. It's almost like, it's like, this is what I want. I'm going to get it, and I mm-hmm. don't really care. Like, this is just, like, the science of, like, our bodies. Like, yeah. this is, like, what yeah. humans are, like, what we want. And there's really, like, I'm into it, you're into it, like, let's go, like, yeah. <laughs> like this is what's happening, like, I want to take a ride and you're just going to stick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that a lot about, um, well, not only, like, um, not, I feel like assertive is not the correct word, but she's very, like, matter-of-fact about, like, this is what I want. And she's it's, in like, charge. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. she's very much, like, dominating, yeah. um, which is really cool, but also she's, like, even though all of these songs are very much about, like, the spectacle of fame and everything, it's, like, when she talks about, like, love and sex, she doesn't talk about them in a way that, like, makes them sound, like, more than they are. Yeah. She kind of talks about them, like, very matter-of-factly. Yeah. Um, which I appreciate, because it's, like, I feel like in a lot of songs, like, especially pop music, like, love and sex are elevated to this, like, extreme level of like ecstasy and enjoyment oh my god i'm like and blackout like, hey yeah <laughs> yeah and it's like i i understand the appeal of that and i'm like there definitely are moments like that in real life but i feel like for the most part things are a lot more ordinary yeah and so i appreciate that she's literally like uh you've indicated your interest <laughs> like I've educated insects yes yeah and now i want it bad exactly <laughs> like I just feel like that's more relatable, honestly, than, like, you touch me and it's, like, a million fireworks. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's just, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I also really like the melody of the pre-chorus when she says, hold me and love me, just yeah. want to touch you for a minute. That's the part where in the video she's, like, doing those, like, thrusting movements and it just goes <laughs> so well. Yeah. 
Uh, and I also like in the chorus, she says, Don the love game, which is French for in. So like in the love game. Um, yeah. I know. I didn't know that. I just thought that was gibberish. No, I didn't. Yeah. I just knew it was something. But in my mind, I was just a gibberish. When yeah, I, was saying it. I totally get that. Because there were I don't remember what song it was, but there was one on this album that I was like, because I've known this song for so long that I never thought to like look up the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And so I was really surprised. I was like, oh, I never even like wondered what the lyrics were at this part because I just always like knew what it sounded like. I always kind of just said like, called the love game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think that's cool because, I mean, the album has a very European feeling to me. Oh, yeah. It's very, I mean, like, Europop. That, like, cherry, cherry, boom, boom guy. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know who he's from, but his last name sounds European. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I do like that she included that little little bit of French in there. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's Love Game. Um, and I think, so instead of, like, asking at the end of every song, like, do you have anything else? <laughs> I'll just, like, move on. And then if you want to backtrack. Oh, yeah. You can just jump in. Um, Her. just to like keep the flow a little bit more natural <laughs> okay track three is paparazzi oh wait I don't think I mentioned for love game it was the third single from the album in case anyone was wondering yes um, <laughs> so paparazzi this was maybe it was the fourth or the fifth single I believe so yeah I didn't I wrote down the first three but I didn't write down the fourth and fifth ones but um was paparazzi I feel like I'm like, did Poker Face come out first or Paparazzi? Uh-oh. I don't know. But it was, unprepared. Yeah, it was one of the two. This happens a lot. Like, when I'm preparing, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to, like, end up saying that. And then mm-hmm. I get to the thing, and then, like, my mouth like, starts to formulate the words <laughs> before I can remember that I didn't write it down. Right. So, anyway, but it was one of those two. Uh, the lyrics of this song describe an obsessive infatuation for someone. The character compares herself to the paparazzi, constantly following the love interest and hoping for even just a glance. Um, and I think we all relate to that. <laughs> what I find, yeah, for sure. What I find kind of interesting is it's almost, and I don't, like, she kind of said this, but I'm, maybe I'm taking it a different way, but it's almost, like, how people try to get famous. It's, like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm, but if she, like, flips it from, like, yeah. a crazy fan's perspective or a paparazzi's perspective to, like, I'm the celebrity yeah. and I'm, like, I, like, I'm gonna follow you until you love me, paparazzi, like, I want you guys to, like, like, maybe you'll be famous, chase me down. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's just that very, like, it's just an interesting perspective and it almost, like, Nowadays, with, like, influencers, like, everyone can become famous, but it kind of reminds me of someone just, like, throwing themselves in front of the cameras, like, wanting to be famous, and she even, um, she even compared Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton, kind of, and, like, her sister, and, like, all the people at the time that were, like, kind of just these, you know, icons, like, walking around, like, for the paparazzi, Mm -hmm. to, um, like, shock artists, um, of the time, and kind of, like, public shock artists, which is crazy, and it's, it's really true, like, you know, you see those, like, clips of, like, Paris Hilton just, like, walking around in, like, a cute outfit, and then it's just, like, people are, like, obsessed with, like, what she's doing, and yeah. they built their whole, like, careers off of that. Obviously, they're rich, famous, and, like, privileged, but yeah. even just, like, that photo of Britney, Paris, and Lindsay literally just sitting in a car, mm-hmm. and, like, they're literally just sitting there in a car, and it's, like, that's, like, a world-known photo, yeah. so it's, like, just kind of that. It just makes me think of, like, we can't talk about paparazzi without talking about, like, Britney, you know what yeah. I mean? And so... I feel like Piece of Me is kind of like the opposite of this song because mm-hmm. Britney's like, come get me, like I'm trying to run away from you guys. Yeah. But like paparazzi's like, I am like I want that idea of the, those celebrities that I see in the magazines of being famous. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to like throw myself and I'm going to sacrifice like my personal life and like my chance at like love with another mm-hmm. human. Like I'm in love with the paparazzi. I'm in love with being famous. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to stop until I get that. 
Yeah, it's so interesting, the contrast between what was going on with Britney and Lady Gaga, because Blackout 2007, she's, mm-hmm. like, at the low point of her career. Yeah, um, being literally attacked by the paparazzi. Yeah, and then Gaga, a year later, mm-hmm. comes out with the fame, and she's literally, like, dying for fame. Like, mm-hmm. uh, she's doing everything she can to become famous. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting to compare those two. Uh, and it also kind of... I feel like says a lot about the way that like uh, not only like the media, but also the way that we as like individuals consume pop culture Mm -hmm. and we kind of like forget that there's a human inside of this thing that's like generating music for us. (laughs) Yeah, like exactly. Like they're actual people like they want to just go down the the street and like wear Mm -hmm. sweatpants. Like it's like, you know, and I think it's crazy how Gaga like at first, like Lady Gaga was like a character that she created Mm -hmm. to like use the to create this whole thing of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But she said at one point it became, like, the same. Like, she is Gaga. Yeah. Like, she kind of, like... So she she kind of parodied fame or, like, the classic ways of, like... She was critiquing it, but then it, like, became her actual yeah. life. Yeah. And I just think that that's really crazy. So it's almost like, be careful what you wish for kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because Gaga's obviously... I mean, she's been open about, like, her struggles with being famous and being famous in the past. So it's just kind of, like, her life became like the reality of the fame like yeah she is like she is the fame like mm-hmm. it's just really crazy to me how like life like imitates art i guess or yeah her, in a way her yeah like her life imitated mm-hmm. the art that she created so. yeah you're so right yeah that's really interesting wow sorry i feel like i'm off in like space or something but i think i make sense no that was no that was very yeah very well said i enjoyed it um let's see so oh, this is also Lady Gaga's favorite song from the album. Oh really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yep. Hmm. This was this is probably my favorite of the big singles. Yeah, she was really excited because she said that it was like her first like real like pop song with like a killer hook oh, that she wrote. Okay. She was she was really proud of this one. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, so Gaga has said that this song is about wondering whether she can have both fame and love, and it's also like you mentioned, it's about. Um, like basically becoming this larger than life persona in order to attract the attention of the media. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the lyrics that I have here, uh, there are some interesting like combinations of visuals in this song. Mm-hmm. She says garage glamorous. And then even is... she's like, don't know what it means. Yeah. <laughs> like even she doesn't know what that means. Yeah. But it kind of makes sense. Like it totally matches the vibe of like 2008 because everything was like a kind little bit gritty. grungy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, like glam but like screwed up like that's even like how I try to do my like eye makeup is I try to like smudge it out and I always think like I'm going to the club stumbling out of a club (laughs) it's the vibe but it's like hot you know yeah Um, it's real yes and she also talks about purple teardrops I cry which is an interesting visual because I'm like I I mean the purple would obviously be coming from like her makeup I would assume but yeah. I'm like I'm kind of curious like if there's a significance of like her choosing like the color purple rather than like I don't know like blue or, or you know black yeah yeah um yeah because like if she said black that sounds like really dark um, oh true <laughs> yeah and then if she said like I don't know like if she said blue then it sounds like regular teardrops because you know teardrops yeah. are <laughs> so I guess it's that's could be why she chose purple like maybe because like the color like obviously implies makeup without implying something else (laughs) i don't know but i did think that was interesting and then i also like in the bridge she says we're plastic but we still have fun 
which is kind of interesting. Um, like you said, like this whole album is like she's she's like seeking out fame for herself, but she's also like kind of criticizing it and like criticizing the like vapidity of some of this like lifestyle. Yeah, but, like Electric Heart vibe. Yeah, was, was before yeah. that. Yeah, she's like criticizing it while also still like wanting it. Like she knows mm-hmm. it's bad for her, but she's like. Yeah, I don't really care. I want to be famous. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, and then I just wrote down these lyrics that are from the chorus because it like kind of goes with the message that I was saying earlier about what the song is about generally. I'm your biggest fan. I'll follow you until you love me, paparazzi. Promise I'll be kind, but I won't stop until that boy is mine. Um, yeah. And I also really like the melody of the chorus. And I really like the backup noises where she's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that. I don't... Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know what happened there. Like, because a lot of the time... I just imagine her like a peace sign, like, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to imagine her in the studio. And they're like, okay, let's get some backup vocals for the mm-hmm. chorus. And she just comes in there and she's like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just weird to me. But I like it. Um, and then, of course, I feel like we have to talk about the music video for this one, because it was, like... Um, it even spawned the telephone video. Like, yeah. This is a huge video. Yeah. It's also the longest, not her longest ever, but, like, the longest for this album, At the definitely. Time, yeah. Because um, it's, what, like, six, seven minutes? Yeah, it's, like, a whole short film. Yeah. It's really crazy how... Because she, like, poisons her, like, obviously abusive husband sounds like he deserved it, because he almost... Because he threw her off the balcony, yeah. and then he thought that she was dead, but then she came back with her like glamorous, like yeah, like steel like things to like walk. I, I don't know. That's crazy. To me. Yeah, that outfit is really cool, and she it almost looks like um like C three PO from Star Wars. Yeah, and it also reminds me of um that outfit that Lil Nas X wore recently. I don't, I think it was maybe at the Met Gala, maybe, but it was, like, very, it was, like, the gold-plated armor kind of oh, thing. Oh, yes, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Um, that's a, always a cool Great look. looks. And when she had that, the last scene, or one of the scenes when she has that kind of yellow outfit with, like, the, like, the Mickey Mouse, is yeah. it, like, Mickey Mouse? Yeah. Like, with, like, and she has, like, the glasses that are, like, that was just, like, the fashion of the time was, like, no, like, I'm like, who is doing it like that? Like, <laughs> no one has seen that. And yeah. So it just, she was definitely in her, like, prime of, like, crazy avant-garde outfits. So yeah. It's really fun to watch. I, to be honest, I don't really under, know, like, the deep, deep meaning of the video other than she killed her husband. Yeah. Um, that was, like, like, I don't really know. I, I just, I want to know. I want to know. Yeah. I was kind of, so I watched it again this morning um, in preparation because I was, like, um, I know I mentioned last time I don't really watch music videos that often, but I was like, I do remember the paparazzi one from my childhood, so I was like, yeah. oh, I should watch that and take notes on it because I feel like that's a big one to bring up. Um, so this is what I got from the video. Okay. So basically the quote-unquote plot of it, um, it's kind of weird because the plot is like all at the beginning and the end, and then the middle is just like dancing. <laughs> so it's kind of like like the whole middle part I'm like wait is this like <laughs> like what's going on here <laughs> but I don't really think there's like much going on in the middle part mm-hmm. um so the actor in the video is Alexander Skarsgård um and he was in True Blood um as well as he's been in like a lot of action movies mm-hmm. um so I'm not like particularly familiar with him but he is kind of a big name and he's actually, like, a lot... I feel like a lot bigger now than he was in 2008. So it's kind of cool that they, like, I collaborated. Does that. Like, she did that with, um... 
the you and I video, that guy, yeah. and then also, um, wasn't the guy from The Walking Dead or something in Judas or something? You're right, like yeah. That, so. I've, that was like, I hadn't thought about that in such a long time, but you're so right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was like opening up like a section of my <laughs> I brain. Know, like back to 2011. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Alexander Skarsgård plays like the guy who is like you said like he seems to be kind of abusive. Yeah. Um, because we're not supposed to like him. Like look at his face. He looks evil. Yeah. <laughs> like he has an eye patch. Like I know. So. <laughs> he must be a villain. <laughs> uh, so he literally throws her off a balcony like at the beginning of the video. Uh, And it's interesting because the paparazzi are, like, watching and taking pictures as he does this. Mm -hmm. And, like, he is aware that he's being watched, but he still does it anyway, which is really interesting. uh, Because it's almost like he knows, like, he's going to get away with it. I just, wait, I think I'm crazy. Or it's like, this is, like, this is crazy. But what if it's because, like, the media, you know how, like, men are kind of able to just do whatever? And, like, women are just kind of, like, they're, like... They they always get the brunt of the criticism and they're yeah. unfairly critiqued for like, kind no, of like I, retaliating yeah. or like doing something like that. So he was like, oh, like the paparazzi, like I don't care that they see me. Like I'm still gonna be famous and uh, I'm still I'm not gonna be affected by this. But like she's gonna go. She went through all the pain and the yeah. like literally all that. And then she, when she retaliated and murdered him like he deserved, she got thrown in jail at the end. Yeah. So, like, she got the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I do think you're right, um, because I picked up on a little bit of that as well. But I do think there's also, like, a little bit of something else to it, mm-hmm. um, which I'll explain in a minute. But, um, yeah, so he literally throws her off the balcony. And then afterward, we see, like, the newspaper headlines where they're like, oh, like, Gaga hits rock bottom. And it's like, see the media is like criticizing her after like the media no longer is interested in her because she has suffered a tragedy like is it giving britney yeah (laughs) Yeah. um and then um there's like all the dancing in the middle right and then at the end she's like back with the boyfriend like they're just in this little room together and she's like drinking her little tea and then she makes him a drink and she puts some poison in it she's like (laughs) (laughs) and then she ends up going to prison after he dies um, but we see the newspaper headlines again, and the media is, like, once again in love with her after she's done this. Oh. So it's kind of interesting because, like, um, like in terms of the video, and, I mean, pretty much in real life as well, mm-hmm. like, when someone is going through a tragedy, it's, like, the, the media is, like, not interested in, like, their feelings or anything. Right. But then... When they come back. Yes, like, when they come back and when, like... How do I even explain this? I don't exactly know how to put it into words. I had it, and then I lost it. Sorry. No, you're fine. It wasn't your fault. Um, but, yeah, basically the media is just, like, very... It's, I think she's mostly just commenting on, like, how fickle the media is. I was just going to say, like, I feel like I I took it to some, like, Inspector Gadget thing, but, like, I feel like the, like, general idea of it is that the media loves you one day and then tears yeah. you down. And then, totally, yeah. Like, you're back on top and then, like, all that stuff. So yeah. It's just kind of, like doing yeah just just celebrity culture just commenting on it yeah i do agree with um what you added about like the gender dynamic of it though yeah because it's totally true like the guy in the video no matter what he does he never faces like um negative attention from the media that we as the audience see anyway whereas she like um like she is praised for doing bad things but when bad things not so much praised but like she is she's like 
back in the limelight when she poisons him. Mm-hmm. But, like, when something bad happens to her, the media is, like, not interested. So I totally agree with yeah. what you said. They don't care about her pain. They don't care about women's suffering. No, they don't. And expect um, them to be perfect. I'm not going to do all that. Like, <laughs> next, okay, Yeah. Poker Face. Uh, so Poker Face is the second single. It opens with the iconic mo 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 mo. And there's also a lyrical reference to Love Game. She says, Love yeah. Game Intuition. Um, so she's that, it's that same mode of like, come on, like this is purely sex. This is nothing emotional attached to it, really. Yeah, yeah, she's bluffing with her muffin. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is, because um, she was a go-go dancer for a little while in New York, and this was inspired by kind of like how she would kind of trick men and even women into like thinking that she was like really into them so they would like throw money at her. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's kind of like she's being like, it's like a card game. Like for her, it's purely, it's a game of how yeah. she can win their, um, like seduce them and like yeah, and get their get money. She yeah. Wants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do like the card game metaphor a lot. I think this song is very well written. Um, yeah. In the way is. of like the, Hold him like they do in Texas. Please fold him. Let him hit me. Raise it. Like all that. Like the you. It's, it's but it's said so fast, and it's like you don't know until you go back and really read it, and you're like, wow, this is like a really cool mm-hmm. song way of writing a song. Yeah, yeah. I like um, in this. I think it's in the second verse a lot when she says, "Russian roulette is not the same without a gun." And baby, when it's love, if it's not rough, it isn't fun. Mm-hmm. That's such a like. Just everything. Like every syllable falls right into place there. It's just so perfect. It's so good. She's like, and I wrote that in 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do think the lyrics of the bridge are kind of weird because, like, okay, so she's bluffing with her muffin. Oh, my like, God, obviously, iconic. Yeah, like, obviously that makes sense. But then the next line is, like, I'm not lying. I'm just stunning with my love glue gun in. I'm like, I don't really know what that, if that means anything or if it just sounds good. I think I think it just sounds good. Yeah. I, but I also think Gaga has a... Um, affinity for bedazzling because you yeah. know in the Mary the Night video where she's like I lost everything but I still had my bedazzler <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know I think just she likes bedazzling <laughs> yeah yeah that's valid um yeah and then there's also poker faces like being used as a metaphor for bisexuality here uh, she's yeah like, I wrote that too yeah because she's like She's actually with a man, but she's, like, fantasizing about a woman, and therefore she's, like... Gaga, I'm like, you seem to be doing that a lot, girl. (laughs) (laughs) She, like, has her poker face on there, you know. Um, Yeah, and there was a recent trend on TikTok, which I actually didn't... um, I had never realized this about this song, and I'm not active on TikTok, so I hadn't um, ever, like, come across this, but when I was researching the song, I found this, and apparently in the second part of the chorus, after she says... um, poker face she actually says um something else that is sexually explicit uh-huh. and it like just got past all of the censors for the most part because it sounds like she's still saying poker face again yeah um so if you're interested in that you can <laughs> and it's crazy because it just like went right on like the it was uncensored for so long yeah. i didn't even know until researching for this i was like oh yeah and i, I heard i was listening to it earlier and i heard it i was like oh wow that's totally the f word yeah and then like what's crazy is that sometimes it would be censored on like tv but other times it wouldn't because mm-hmm. most people just didn't know because it doesn't sound like that no yeah and it's not in the like official lyrics right? no yeah because yeah. even on like apple music um it's like the lyrics don't show that at all so it's really interesting that she like totally got away with it um like even more so than um if you see Amy, yeah, yeah, because if you see Amy, it's like kind of a little bit more obvious. That's like fully out there. Yeah, <laughs> but, but this one, it's like it totally sounds it like 
Yeah, like, unless you know what you're listening for, you wouldn't hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, like, kind of iconic of her to do that. Yeah, I love <laughs> um, that. But also, I'm, like, it is kind of weird. Like, I feel like that line doesn't really match up with the tone of the rest of the song. She was probably just like, oh, it kind of sounds like that. <laughs> yeah. No, I can totally see that. Like, they're just in the studio, and she's like, wait a minute. <laughs> what if I... <laughs> like, a, she made a parody to her own song. Yeah. In that lyric. Yeah. Track five is... Oh, I almost spoiled something in my list later on. <laughs> um, but track five is AA, Nothing Else I Can Say. This one's so fun. I love this song. Mm. For the longest time, um, I guess, like, in early high school, I listened to this album a lot. Um, obviously, it was um, in, like, 2008 when I was, like, in, like, second or third grade. I knew the big singles because they would come on the radio. Right. But then when I was in early high school, uh, the radio was not really, like, a thing anymore. Yeah. Um, I basically listened on Spotify. And now I use Apple Music now that that exists. But um, at the time, I was, like, dependent on the Spotify algorithm. So it kind of would decide, like, because I didn't have the premium version, I had the free version. So I would, like, put songs that I wanted to hear on a playlist and then shuffle it. And it would just, like, kind of play some of them more than others. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of just dependent on the algorithm for, like, the songs that shaped my early high school <laughs> experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was one of the ones that the algorithm would play a lot. I um, need to get out of my life because that's the same thing. For, like, literally the exact same mm-hmm. story for me with, like, getting into Gaga again. It was, like, in early high school. And I had mm-hmm. Spotify, but not the premium. And then I would just, like, put all the songs I liked in a playlist and just, like... Just kind of listen and be like, cool, like, yeah. I guess I'm listening to this. Yeah, <laughs> I have vivid memories of, like, um, when we would leave the lunchroom and we'd walk back to class, I would always like to put on music just to, like, get myself, you know, hyped up to for the rest of my day. Mm-hmm. And I have vivid memories of, like, like frantically skipping to, like, try to hear the song that I wanted. Yeah. And then if I, like, ran out of skips, I would just have to make do with whatever the last one was. Oh, I would just, like, refresh the app, like, and go back yeah. in. And I like miss the days when, like, that was... I mean, not that I use Spotify, um, even not the free or the premium version anymore. Mm-hmm. But, like, I do kind of miss those days when you can kind of, like, game the system. Like, yeah. Like, um, if you stopped a song, like, a, like, ten seconds before it ended... Then when you reopened the app, it would start it over at the beginning. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I would do that all the time. Like the ads, you could like if an ad came on, I would just like refresh the app mm-hmm. <laughs> and just be like, I'm done with this. I don't want to hear this. Yeah, it was a different time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love this song a lot. I think the lyrics are really good, and also her. I think this is one of her best vocal performances. Yeah, uh, definitely on this album, if not in her whole career. Um, and it feels so different. From the first four songs on the album. I was just going to say it's like a complete break. From yeah. Because like, I feel like everything else is really like heavy subject matter. And this is kind of just like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it does have that like really nice laid back vibe. Even though it's kind of about like a breakup. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like. It's similar to the messaging of Just Dance of kind of like, I'm just going to like keep living my life. It's yeah. kind of like. There's really, like, I'm not going to sit here and dwell about it. Like, yeah. we've had our time. Like, I'm d- ready to move on. And, yeah. like, I'm good with that. God, I love this song so much. <laughs> um, like, I'm just thinking about the lyrics. And I'm like, I don't know what it is about the way that the words, like, fall into line in this song. But it hits home for me. Mm-hmm. Like, this is something I've experienced so many times. And literally just, like, last week, um, 
I was like disappointed by someone, mm. <laughs> and I mean as <laughs> as I often am as someone who's attracted to men, but um, <laughs> um, but I was like disappointed by someone, and I was listening to this album because um, I was like kind of just. I like to listen to an album a lot before I go into the podcast recording. Yeah. So I just had it on, and this song happened to come on, and I was like, man, this is, like, perfect right now. Like, this is describing my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it always has, like, since I was, like, 13. I've just always loved this song. But I didn't know this song until I was in high school. Because, mm-hmm. um, let's see. So it was it was a single, wasn't it? It was. Well, I know it has a video, so okay, it must yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know what number single it was because, again, I didn't write it down for whatever reason. But um, I never heard this one on the radio or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't part of my life until um, I actually listened to the album more when I was, like, 13 or 14. I had heard about it. Or, like, I knew the song, but I knew it from, like, YouTube. Like, cause I used mm-hmm. to just, like, sit for hours and hours. Like, yeah. I had no life as a kid. I would just, like, <laughs> sit. If I wasn't watching, like, Disney Channel or Nickelodeon, I was on YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, I would just, like... I would watch, like, the little, like, like music videos, like, the AMVs and, like, all that stuff yeah. that, like, that people would make, like, the edits to, like, Gaga. I remember there was one with, um, like, clips from um, a Bratz movie with t- <laughs> t- to um, Starstruck by Lady Gaga. So I just have that, like, ingrained in my mind of, like, the association. Uh-huh. So it just really reminds me of, like, my childhood as, like, a, like a lonely kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and so I just think about, like, this song. It's just very nostalgic because I just used to, like... When I would listen to the music, it would just, like, sweep me away to somewhere else, and yeah. it would just be able to, like, be in a fantasy. And, A, it just reminds me of, like, frolicking around on, like, a beach in, like, a cute little bathing suit. Mm-hmm. And, like, just being, <laughs> like, free in the sun and just, like, yeah, like, or, like, the music video where she's, like, it's all, like, she said, I'm Italian in that video. Like, <laughs> she looks so good. And I just love just the... It's just such a good, I don't know, really, wow. I'm like, you know what, I really said, I don't have much of a sentimental connection to this album. Yeah. But I really do. Yeah. Ugh. The song in particular, like, I mean, I didn't didn't write down that many lyrics, but literally, like, I don't think there's a single bad line in this song. Mm -hmm. Um, Because some of the songs, like, I mean, like I mentioned with, like, um... I don't know. Some of the mention some of the lyrics I mentioned before, I'm like, it's not bad, but it's a little bit I'm like, does that mean anything? Yeah. <laughs> um, but this song, like, there's nothing like that for me here. Like everything about it connects with me. And I also appreciate like it is a lot simpler than the other songs. Like there's not any um like reflections on like fame or sexuality really happening. It's literally just about like, so this relationship wasn't working out and it's like it's time to move on. Um, it's a really good message. Like, I don't know, it's yeah. just like, not that I don't care about you, it's just like things got yeah. weird and complicated. And exactly. Undone. And <laughs> I love that. I'm such a fan of like the like not bitter breakup song, like the friendly breakup song where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, we're still cool. Like, I still love you, but like as a friend, you know? Totally. And I think that's because a lot of my personal breakups have been more of that kind rather than the like, um, like before he cheats, Carrie Underwood. Yeah, like, God, <laughs> yeah. like I've never experienced that level of like breakup. I guess um, right. That's kind of reminds me of how I recently ended with one of my last relationships. I was kind of like, yeah, like I'm, <laughs> I'm done. Like yeah, so nothing just, else I can say. say. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's like we've said it all here. Like, mm-hmm. let's just stop talking. <laughs> yep. Um, but I do love, in particular, the line, I wish you never looked at me that way. Like, that is just, ugh. <laughs> I'm bopping to it in my head. Like, it's on, like, my brain is, like, playing the song. In yeah. My mind. It's so good. Yeah, and I'm like, I've totally, I mean, I know I've said this several times, but, like, I've totally been in that specific lyric before, I wish you never looked at me that way. Because it's like, man, like, like, it is, it is, like, a bittersweet ending to a relationship, and it's, like, maybe it would have been better if we were both just spared this emotional, yeah, you know. I think about that, because, like, if I'm, when I'm just, like, not hyper-fixated on, like, a crush or something, like, I'm just, I'm fine with me, I'm focused on me, but mm-hmm. then whenever I get, like, thinking about someone in that way, it just becomes, it's hard not to, like, fixate on it yeah. and become, like... Like, it's like, I was fine, like, before this. Like, I, I don't like, like, I don't like this feeling, yeah. basically. Yeah, because it's vulnerable. It's like... It's like, I wish you never looked at me that way. I'm yeah. like, yeah, me too. Yeah, like, you're putting yourself out there, and there's, like... I mean, you're literally putting your emotional self on the line, so it's like, yeah, it's hard. And so that's why I think because it's all these really, really deep emotions coming out, that's why it's, like, refreshing just to have, just be like, meh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like I don't want to deal with that. Like I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like yeah. I can't take the pressure of it. <laughs> yeah. And it's so simple. Like she's just like, hey, there's nothing else I can say. She it just jo- works. She joked about um that two guys that she was dating at the same time met each other and all she could say was AA <laughs> before she performed and um that's like probably a joke apparently, but I just I, I'm like for Gaga I could see that happening. <laughs> if she said just go stick to some guy at a club, like she would that would happen to her. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I also think this really ties in with um, just the whole overarching, like, theme of the album with her being very much in control of, like, her persona and her relationships. Mm -hmm. Like, she's very much, like, she's, she doesn't feel like the type to, like, sit around and cry about someone. She feels like, um, like, if, if someone breaks her heart, she's, like, she's gonna go out with her friends and, like just have a, have a nice evening with her friends and, like, try to get over it. Right. Which, um, I guess, like, different people have different ways of processing things. Um, but, yeah, she just doesn't feel like the type to be, like, heartbroken over someone. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I feel like that's maybe more what, like, the Gaga persona, she, like, just yeah. what she wants. Is, but versus, like, brown eyes. Like, yeah. She, we know that she's has that human side but when she's Gaga she's almost like because Gaga's kind of like what she wants to be this famous person she's like this person doesn't care about like deep like romance like yeah like you know or really gets their feelings attached like they're on to the next like love game like yeah but like and if something doesn't work out like I'm done like I'm moving on yeah and Brown Eyes does have that um like more emotional layer to it like you can tell she was emotionally invested and she is Mm -hmm. like upset that this that the relationship didn't work out. Yeah. But there's still, so I feel a- like... Accepting it. Yeah. There's a, Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, there's a level of acceptance to it mm-hmm. where she's not, like, she's not, like, scrambling to say, like, oh, well, maybe if I did this differently. Like, she's just like, well, it happened. Yeah. So... I totally get what you mean. Yeah. I think that's more of what I was picking up on. It's not mm-hmm. that she, like, doesn't feel upset about it. It's just that she handles it in a different way. Yeah. Or at least, like, on this album, she does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that was cool. I like that you um, kind of, like, helped me, like, get to where I was going with that. Of course. I was like, I know what you're saying. Like, yeah. So, track six, Beautiful, Dirty, Rich, which I referenced in my corny intro. <laughs> um, 
So this song is like a little bit tongue in cheek, which I enjoy. Uh, she. I just gotta say before you get into it, this <laughs> song you need to listen to this song, and then you need to realize the fact that I'm talking to the people listening, not you, because you listen <laughs> to this. But then you need to realize that after Def Jam, which was her first like record label, listen to the song. They literally dropped her after this song. Yeah, like after like this was like the song she presented to them or something, and then they dropped her from the label. What? Um, yeah. Do you know why? No, it's, like, not really known why. I think it's because um, all I know is, like, I think L.A. Reid is the guy in charge. He, like, he was, like, yeah, we're not pursuing anything more with her. And they just didn't like her. And then she was just saying, like, yeah, the label just didn't get it. And they wanted to, like, yeah. probably just one of the things that, like, they wanted to control her or change her. And she wasn't feeling it. And yeah. they just parted ways and they did not mess with this song that's interesting mm-hmm. so do you know if it was like if this is the same recording or if it was re-recorded for this album i don't know i mean it probably they probably cleaned it up for mm-hmm. the final album but i don't know if it was a demo version or what but yeah her demo versions are usually pretty close to the originals so. yeah that's interesting because i could see like i don't know like what the legality of that would be like like def jam might still have had some kind of stake in like, the things that she recorded while she was under... I don't know how that would work. Yeah. Um, especially contracts at this at this time, and, I mean, probably still today, yeah. are, like, pretty rough for artists. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, this song is, like, so fun, though. I know. They, can you believe that? That's why I'm like, this song is amazing, and then they're like, yeah, we don't want to work with you anymore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's why I feel like this album, like... I was talking to my friend or one time... Or I was on a call with my friend one of my friends and another friend and I was like we were talking about yeah like Gaga like really like changed kind of like pop music at the time Mm -hmm. because you listen to these songs now and it's like okay we've heard it before well that's because it came out 10 years ago so it's like and then that's why like but at the time like music wasn't really like in that like very electronic way like yeah it really paved the way for that and I just think that like at the time like nowadays it's like oh this is just like a fun cool song but at the time it's like i guess no one had ever heard of heard something like that quite, yeah quite like that before even though she's obviously inspired by people like prince and other mm-hmm. you know amazing music people and there's always references in music cycles but for this time in the radio like no one was doing yeah. it like her so i just think like she had to kind of prove herself and mm-hmm. especially def jam like i guess gaga doesn't really fit with their roster (laughs) i don't know i don't know enough about def jam to know but um they definitely missed out (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that i totally see where you're coming from because like pop music was not as heavily like electronic at this time as this album is yeah oh yeah Um, that's what i was gonna say i I, wow i like didn't finish my point mm -hmm. and my friend she was like what do you mean like kesha and like all these people name these people i'm like well i love kesha first off but her stuff came out after this. Yeah. So I'm like, she was like naming all these people of like, Gaga doesn't like, hasn't changed anything. And I was like, she named all these people and I was like, all these people you named like, did not have music out until after the video. Yeah. <laughs> so I just think yeah. it's like, I don't think I'm crazy. Yeah. And I, you're totally right because even with the Grammy categorization, this was categorized as like an electronic dance album mm-hmm. rather than a pop album. Exactly. So, I mean, I think that says it all really mm-hmm. about like, the f- overall vibe that pop music had at the time. And yeah. of course, like, I mean, we just did Blackout, which came out a year before this, mm-hmm. and that one did have electronic, like, I mean, lots of electronics, but it wasn't, like, um, like, this album very much has, like, a, like one foot in the dance world and one foot in the pop world. Yeah. Whereas that one is, like, it's more, like, pop with electronic elements, I feel like. I agree. And this one is, like, more of a straight, not, like, straightforward dance album, but it's, like, more so of a dance album, I guess. 
Um, yeah, so Gaga says she wants everyone to feel beautiful and rich when they listen to this song, which yeah. is um, kind of funny to me, because I'm like, I don't really, I mean, obviously if someone like handed me a million dollars, I would take it. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, first of all, I'd ask, where is this coming from <laughs> before I get arrested? But, um, like... Squid Game. <laughs> I haven't seen Squid Game, Didn't so... Didn't they hand him money or something? Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen Ew, it. I hate that I said that. But... <laughs> money, um, that was like a money thing. They were all in debt, so I just thought of money. And yeah. that, I'm like, so that way I don't sound totally annoying, is she said that money is one of her... Oh, well, this is more for money, honey, but I feel like it's kind of the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. money is, like, her least favorite thing in the world, yeah. she said. And I realized that with this, it's, like, a parody of it. Yeah, And totally. she's not actually, like, I'm beautiful and dirty rich. Like, kind of like I'm Donatella where she's, like, I'm blonde, I'm skinny, I'm rich, and yeah. I'm a bit of a bitch. Like, she's always, like, that's, like, it's, like, that fantasy of that idea. Mm-hmm. But also with this song, I realized that... She said that, um, you know, because she's, um, you know, she was obviously, like, a go-go dancer in New York, and, like, she was, like, playing the club scene, and she was in the world, but she's always been kind of a more wealthy, well-off person. Yeah. Um, and so she said that she w- remembered seeing, like, her, like, rich friends calling their, like, parents on the phone, like, can I have, like, money and stuff to, like, go party, and they would, like, buy drugs, and, like, they would go partying. Like, I just was literally just reading that, researching this. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that's such, like, a such a privileged, like, perspective of, like, mm-hmm. I just remember, like, my rich friends asking their parents for money so they could buy cocaine before we went partying. Yeah. Like, I just think it's such a crazy, like, thing, and I think it's cool because Gaga knows that that's, like... Ridiculous, Ridiculous, yeah. so that's why she said it's, like, she just wants people to be famous on the inside and own your... She should, like, own your opinions on the world and art and just be... Kind of build yourself up. You don't need money to be yeah. beautiful and, like dirty rich yeah yeah and i feel like even though she did say like um um like that she wants people to feel rich when they listen to this song i feel like it's less about like actually wanting people to like have like she's not so much wanting people to have access to like that life of like hey mom yeah <laughs> can i have five thousand dollars exactly like, it's less like, about that rich. and i feel like it's more of um like just wanting people to feel like feel worthy of themselves and just own who they are be yeah. rich of like with your ideas your like creative self and just be just own who you are really yeah like you're fabulous yeah and i was also <laughs> gonna say like um to like really not have to worry about like um other things which like financial troubles are a big thing and so i feel like like if you put this song on like she would want you to just like be able to escape your problems for a minute Totally. I guess. And, like, so. just dance, like, just escape your problems. It's kind of like yeah. her, not, like, escape your problems and ignore your problems, but, like, just vibe sometimes. Like, just yeah. relax. Like, everything's okay. Yeah, just, like, to know that you can deal with it at a later time and to just, like, have a moment for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like in the chorus when she says, bang, bang. <laughs> like, that's just really fun. Bang, um, bang, bang. But I do, like, in the first couple lines of this song, this makes no sense. <laughs> she says, red light, pornographic, dance fight, systematic honey. <laughs> yeah, I... I'm like, it sounds good, but I'm it's like... like talented, incredible genius, never been done before. Yeah, and it, it does sound good. Like, all of the syllables work. But it's just like, all of those words together... Oh, yeah. And then she later rhymes, pants tight. And that, like, the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I just think that's really funny. Um, Ice cream topped with honey. <laughs> but we got no money. <laughs> I like the way she says that. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so I think that's all I had to say about that one. Um, so track seven is The Fame, the title track. And this is, um, so at face value, it's kind of like about her like desire for fame, of course. But it's also a criticism of the pathways by which people achieve fame, especially like through the exploitation of female sexuality, mm-hmm. which... Um, she yeah. brings up in the lyrics, I can see myself in the movies, and whatever else you'd like to shoot, you decide. All we care about is pornographic girls on film. I want to see television and hot blondes in odd positions, which is really interesting. I like that she's... True. Yeah, I like that she's, like, criticizing the way that... Um, I mean, probably even people, like, some of the executives for her record label, like, made money off of her sexuality. Yeah. Like, she's honestly criticizing that as well. Um so I think that's interesting. And it's also interesting with her, because I didn't know until you just brought it up that she had a background as a go-go dancer. Uh-huh. So that's also interesting, because I'm sure there was, like... I mean, I don't know enough about that lifestyle to really comment, but, like, the stereotypical image is there's always, like, some guy who's in charge of the business, mm-hmm. and he's the one who, like, gets most of the money, and he's not necessarily, like... Right. ...paying the girls as much as they deserve. Yeah. So I don't know how accurate that is to real life, but that's, like, the prevailing like narrative (laughs) this is like veering kind of off topic but in the same vein of it is here it's like this really is her kind of like the fame since it is the fame the album title the fame she's very much innocent in this or like Mm -hmm. she's she wasn't innocent at the time but like her writing is very innocent of like like pornographic girls on film and odd positions but in reality like we know that Lady Gaga has recently come forward about how she was you know sexually assaulted by a producer or someone um, someone in power and she later you know went on to write the song Till It Happens to You talking about that subject matter so she really um, she's been through stuff and she's able so it's just interesting the different perspectives of She's dealing with that pain and then, you know, writes very serious, you know, songs that bring awareness to it. But then mm-hmm. in the vein of, like, oh, Just Dance, it's, like, girls on film. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's just kind of, like, she's able to kind of, like, use the music as, like, an escape from her. Because mm-hmm. it happened around this time yeah. for her. So I just think it's interesting knowing that. And then all the comments on um, objectification of women and, like, their bodies and, like, stuff like that. I just mm-hmm. think it's interesting. Because I feel like she knows really more than anyone well not more than anyone but she's (laughs) she's someone that definitely knows what it's like to be objectified by like people in charge and like being kind of an object of desire seen solely as that yeah so i just think it's i think she has a valuable perspective on that yeah and it's always frustrating when people bring up like like people always try to victim blame in the situations where it's like it's like oh well she had this like sexualized persona so of course like people wanted to it's like that means nothing no (laughs) you should never ever ever do anything Mm. without like full consent Mm -hmm. and even then it's like there can still be consent and it's like not totally wanted because of like a power imbalance or something like that Mm -hmm. so it's like no one deserves to be put into a situation that they don't want to be in totally for any reason like whether you're a go-go dancer whether you're a sex worker of any kind that's why I feel like when her, in her song in Joanne, when she's like, I'll just keep go-going, like, for 100. Like, I feel like yeah. that was kind of a reference to that yeah. part of her life. Yeah. So I, I love just, Joanne. I know it's unpopular, but I love that album. I like it, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, <Also>. too. <laughs> um, 
Yes. Oh yeah. So this song, something interesting is like I said, inspired by Prince. Like this song was very specifically inspired by Prince. Oh, okay. And I think it's funny because one time um, me and my dad were listening to this song, and he was like, "I really, really like this song." Like he was like, he was just really liking it, and I was like, "Oh wow!" And it was like inspired by Prince, and I know that like they like Prince and stuff. So I'm like, yeah. "Oh, I wonder if that's why they liked it," because yeah. it was like reminding him of that kind of or just kind of it's very throwback like the drum machines and yeah crazy kind of sounds and all that and she sang this whole song in one take oh that's cool yep and this was she worked with um i believe the cherry cherry boom boom with this one again and this is when they they worked on it um i think that's right i hope that's not incorrect but basically i just remember like they came in and they like laid it out and like she wasn't like the famous gaga at the time but like Mm -hmm. she just had this like crazy idea and she loved the fame so much that she obviously wanted to the album was born from that song so i just think it's cool how this she loved the song that much that it spawned the whole album yeah that is really and her whole like take on fame and her idea of what she was like, I'm Lady Gaga, and I'm changing the world one sequin at a time. Like, all that. <laughs> yeah. Track eight is Money Honey. And, um, okay, so this instrumental, this might be my least favorite song on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, just because the instrumental uses, like, so many of the elements from Just Dance. I was going to say, like, it's basically just Just Dance. Yeah. Um, and some of those elements do appear, like, on other songs, but there's enough, like, new things around them to like I think specifically like I'm not sure if it's like a cymbal crash or like what the sound is Mm -hmm. but that one is like lifted directly from like it's in Just Dance and this song and it's also yeah I don't know if that's made any sense but yeah you know what I'm talking about yeah that um the exact same like exact same thing yeah (laughs) so I I understand why it's like I mean I like I mean not that you dislike the song but it's like compared to the other ones it's like okay this is probably like one of the least interesting because we've literally heard it yeah it's like we've heard the same thing but with like better lyrics (laughs) not that the lyrics here are like terrible but it's like it's just not as iconic as just dance so it's like I mean I just dance is like the iconic song of this album totally so it's like comparative yeah so to hear like a slightly less good version of it it just feels like why is this here i guess you know it's Um, funny that you say that because this song was originally supposed to be written for another artist i don't know which but gaga she said it felt too much like a gaga song so she she's she kept it and i guess really liked it i feel like it's almost at the time like you can tell really you look at any of these songs and i feel like any of them could have really been a single Mm -hmm. and i think they probably did that on purpose like making every song available for a single and Mm -hmm. this easily could have been a single to me because it's like the same formulas like just dance and they were just trying yeah. stuff and i guess they thought just dance was stronger yeah i will say i love the bridge where it's like something something burn out this candle like mm-hmm. i think it's good it's just like i i agree that it's like compared to just dance it's like why are you here girl yeah <laughs> yeah i'm like if it was a bonus track i wouldn't feel as harshly about it because mm-hmm. i'm like it's a bonus track but it's on the regular album and so i'm like i'm just kind of curious like how it even ended up here sounding so similar to just dance yeah. but um yeah, I do think narratively uh, and, like, lyrically and thematically, all of those adverbs, um, <laughs> I do think it works well in the album in those ways because, um, I mean, like I said, literally paparazzi, like, one of the things that it was about is her struggle between, like, fame and love and, like, can she have both? Right. Um, and this is kind of the flip side of that where in paparazzi she was like more so choosing the fame over the love yeah and then in this song she's 
choosing the love over material wealth and fame. Right. So I do think it fits well in those ways, but I'm like, it's just too similar to just that, <laughs> so I can't really justify it, like, being here. But, I totally, I totally am backing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so track nine is Starstruck. This is another, like, really iconic song. Um, I just love, like, there's a lot of cool lyrics here and they're not like extreme poetry but they're just really fun um i like the opening groove slam work it back filter that baby bump that track um and i also like put your hands on my waist pull the fader run it back with original flavor that's just fun um and then of course we have the producer tag again cherry cherry boom boom and it's interesting because i so i noticed that that was on this song as well as um, AA, nothing else I can say. Mm-hmm. And so for the longest time, I thought that I didn't know that he was a producer. Right. So I literally thought it was like some kind of weird catchphrase that like never caught on. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like she says it in two of these songs. So I was like, okay, maybe they were like trying to make this a thing, but then they decided they didn't <laughs> want to. Cherry, cherry, boom, boom. And then cherry, 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 boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah. So, I feel like. Well, I don't know what... You know, she, like, released, like, the Cherry Tree Sessions. Yeah. So, I don't know if Cherry Tree, Cherry Cherry Boom Boom, like, it's probably just his, like... Well, obviously, it's his, you know, like, producer name. Like, Rodney Jerkins is, like, Dark Child. And then, like, mm-hmm. Martin, insert last name that I don't want to butcher, is Cherry Cherry Boom Boom. And I just know she released something called the Cherry Tree Sessions. So, I think it all just has to do with his name. Okay, yeah. That makes sense because well I don't know which songs he worked on, exactly. But oh, well, he was sense. on AA. Yeah, so I'm like it makes sense that that one would be on the Cherry Tree Sessions. But anyway, um, and I also Dre. like that there's that a reference in the song to Dre headphones because oh that's gosh. like so of the time. Yeah, there was like definitely a solid like like six to eight years there where they were like a big thing. Yeah, which is kind of interesting because usually like kind of like novelty like celebrity brand things like that they don't last more than like a year maybe mm-hmm. so it's interesting that the dre headphones actually were like kind of a big thing to have for a while there if i'm not mistaken doja cat and her woman music video has like a dre like earbud in okay some, something or it's like she she had like a sponsorship for an earbud and i'm pretty sure it was that so yeah. it's crazy that it's like still around yeah they did have a lot of sponsorships because even in um, I mean, I would think they were, like, a pretty new thing around this time, mm-hmm. um, which would make sense that, like, Gaga would mention them because it's very, like, you know, like, of the moment, so it yeah. makes sense that she would mention it. But I think they kind of, like, peaked around, like, maybe, like, 2010, 2011. Yeah, because I just remember that period of time where it was, like, cool to have them. Yeah. And now it's, like, they're just kind of there, like... Yeah. And it also makes sense for her to do that because Gaga, like, obviously she later, like... You know, she was with Polaroid, and, like, she did, like, she put out, like, Heartbeats by Gaga. Yeah. So it's interesting that she said it was, like, heart, that, like, Just Dance is, like, a heart theme song. Yeah. And then she put out Heartbeats. So, I don't know. That's kind of crazy. I like that clip of Kanye West where he's, like, he's, like, I like Lady (laughs) Gaga. I even like some of her music. But what does she know about cameras? (laughs) Yeah, he was, like, I like some of the Gaga songs. What does she know about cameras? (laughs) I love that clip. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Anyway, but I do remember, like, um beats by dre and like the dre they had like a lot of sponsorships yeah and they were like in a lot of music videos for a while there because i remember there was like a Coldplay video um i think it was maybe like 2013 or 2014 mm-hmm. um it might have even been 2015 but i feel like that's a little late but i don't know 
Um, but there was one of their videos where it was like, I remember everyone was like really excited because it was a big single. It was like the lead single for one of their albums. And mm-hmm. then the video came out and it's like these animated like chimpanzees. Whoa. And they're like, they basically discover this like Beats pill by Dre. Like, because <laughs> they had like the speaker that it was called like the pill because it came in that form. I just, that makes me think of Nicki Minaj music videos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like a thing for a while. And I remember being so disappointed by that video. I was like, oh, the whole thing is just product placement. Um, That's so weird. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, but this song, I forgot to mention, it also features... Three headphones, the left side of <laughs> Scratching back and forth, back and forth, uh-huh. Put your hands on my waist. Yeah. <laughs> um, the song also features Space Cowboy, who does the production. And Space Cowboy is, oh my god, everyone, everyone check out. He worked with um, a kind of unknown singer named Nadia O. And if you like Space Cowboy's production here and on, and on Christmas Tree, it's basically mm-hmm. like a full album of just like his song production it her vocals are very processed and it's very it's purely like vapid pop but it's so mm-hmm. crazy and good in in the style of starstruck and i really like it okay that's cool um yeah and it also features Flo Rida, who um i remember the biggest song that they had was right round which is actually a cover of an older song but um oh yeah 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 um, and Kesha was on there. Yeah, but it's weird because, like, that was before Kesha was, like, a thing. Right. Um, and then she was, like, so she wasn't even credited because she wasn't, like, a thing yet. Yeah. But I remember finding out that that was Kesha after Kesha became Kesha. <laughs> uh-huh. And it was, like, I was, like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, and he later, I mean, I'm, I don't know, I don't want to say, like, what his last big song was. Because for me, I remember, like, My House. Yeah, and but, that was, like, what, like, four or five years ago now? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't like. I don't keep up with. I'm like. I know some of the Flow Rider songs. But <laughs> I'm not a big fan. But so. what do I know about Flow Rider? Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So he has a rap verse on here. Um, it does its job. Like it's it's fine. It's not like blowing me away. But I, it's I not just, bad. This is maybe like. Is this controversial to be like? I feel like the intro is better. Like I. I don't know. I just think I wish she cut it off. Like this song goes on a little bit too long for me. I agree with that. Like I'm just kind of like, but near the end, I'm just kind of like, because I think the end chorus literally repeats. Yeah. And every time it does, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like we're still going. Like I like this <laughs> song, but it just like, I get like I can't finish it. Yeah, I'm like, oh, she was really starstruck. <laughs> I know. I'm like, okay, look, but the intro of the like groove slam work get back like the, it just yeah. it it just. It makes up for it completely, but yeah. I'm just like, I can't really... The song's too long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it definitely could have been, like, 20 seconds shorter. Mm-hmm. That would have been fine. Um, but I did want to also point out that it's kind of cool that, um, like, this, this like, basic attraction, like, this crush that she's having in this song is still, like, viewed through the lens of fame here because she's, like, viewing it as, like, she's starstruck. Yeah. So it's, like, even if the person is... Like, she doesn't really specifically mention if it's a celebrity or not. Mm-hmm. So that could be why she uses that term. But it's, like, it still ties in with the, like, whole theme of, like, fame and everything because it's, like, she's comparing this attraction to someone to, like, feeling in awe of meeting a celebrity, which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting. The lyrics of just, like... I'm so starstruck, baby, can you blow my heart up? Like, yeah. I just, it's such good lyrics. Like, it's really good. Yeah, it's just, a fun song. Just cut out one of the choruses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Track 10 is, boys, boys, boys. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, boys, 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 which is, of course, inspired by Motley Crue's Girls, Girls, Girls. Yep. Um, and, again, I reference like, there's a lot of, like, made-up, 
like words and sounds on this <laughs> album when she says glamophonic. Glamophonic electronic <laughs> disco baby. Yeah. Uh, this is a fun song. The first time I listened to it, I was like, this is going to be a skip for me. But now I'm like, it's now that so I've heard good. it more, I'm like, no, this is like, this is actually kind of refreshing on the album because it's so like, I mean, I don't want to call it vapid, but it's a little bit vapid, you know? No, I think it literally <laughs> is. I mean, yeah. it's sort of like, we like boys in cars, buy us drinks in bars yeah. and all that. And I just think it's fun. And I just think this was actually supposed to be a single after Paparazzi, but it was canceled. Mm. And then they released the Fame Monster and Bad Romance, okay. which I'm like, okay, smart choice. Because yeah. Boys, 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 like, it's an amazing song, but I think it's almost fun, like, on the Fame. It's just kind of like a gem that you find. Yeah. And she wrote it for a guy that she was really into heavy metal at the time, so that's mm. why she, like, kind of sampled, like, the Motley Crue, just kind of that rock mentality of, like, mm-hmm. but she put it in, like, a pop song with kind of, like, an edge, so. Yeah. So that way she would she could impress this, like, guy that was really into heavy metal, and I think that's pretty cute. Yeah. I read somewhere that she described this song as being, like, I don't know if she used heavy metal or if she just called it a rock song, but she said it was, like, like a rock song, but, like, trapped in, like, uh, I don't remember what she said exactly, but it was basically, like, in, like, the body of, like, a pop song. Exactly, like... This song itself isn't obviously heavy metal at all, but I just no, think like yeah. she used that rock element. But the guy himself was like a huge metalhead. Yeah, and it's like the original version. I don't know if you know any. I mean, I haven't heard it, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying like you may have like information about like a demo version that I don't know. Yeah, but um, I feel like it's very possible that it started out as more of a rock song. I don't. That's possible. I don't see it ever being like an actually heavy metal song, but I could see it maybe having like more prominent like guitars or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause Gaga. Um, well, she used to be in a tribute group. I don't remember the exact rock group, but for like an 80s hair band. Yeah. Group. So I just like she has that power in her. She could have yeah. done it. She could have done it. Yeah. And I definitely like on Born This Way. Um the album that came after this one, she goes into a lot more of, like, that rock kind of aesthetic. Yeah, through um, a pop lens. Yeah. Like a pop filter. Yeah, like, and I wouldn't like, call it rock music, but it's definitely pop music with, like, the sensibility of, like, a rock. Heavy, kind of just kind of gritty, but very, still pop sounds, but yeah, electrified guitar and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but there are some weird lyrical details on the song, <laughs> Boys, Boys, Boys. Uh, I kind of like it, actually, because it's so, like, like what like where did this come from because she literally talks about her lipstick being in his ashtray Mm -hmm. which i'm like that's not like that weird but it feels so specific and it's like i feel like like it's like just that kind of like like rock mentality of just like just kind of like something glamorous like lipstick but it's like in your ashtray like it's i literally i'm like lipstick in your ashtray is like lipstick in your ashtray (laughs) (laughs) i think it's just all right what i mean is it's just kind of like just kind of gritty, like, yeah. that's kind of, like, that, for me, that's just very, like, messy. Like, I don't yeah. know, like... Yeah, it just, like, stuck out to me, mm-hmm. as, uh, especially on this album, because it's, like, I mean, she does go a little bit into, like, her, um, like, you can kind of see her appreciation for, like, rock music mm-hmm. um, in other songs on the album, like, specifically Brown Eyes. Yeah. Um, but it just, like, kind of stuck out to me, because up to this point on the album, it was, like, there's nothing like that, and then we just have this, like, r- like specific visual of the lipstick being in the ashtray. She was down bad for that metal (laughs) (laughs) I also love this line from the bridge. She says, love it when you call me legs. In the morning, buy me eggs. It's so weird. (laughs) It's so cute. I don't know, like... Well, I just imagine, like... Because I just imagine them, like, in a bar, and then I just imagine her with, like, these, like, short shorts on, kind of, like, in the AA. And then the guy's, like... 
like thinks she's hot or whatever and then like in the morning after they like go through their wild night like he like kind of like takes care of her in yeah. a way so it's like yeah just kind of like a sentiment but it's it's very funny mm-hmm. but I, I feel like this song is very like real like I describes like real life I don't know yeah because it's not like it's not like trying too hard to put anything on like a level that's higher than it is I feel like yeah it's just literally saying like we like boys <laughs> yeah we like boys <laughs> we and... love them yeah <laughs> Um, but I also think it's interesting, like, specifically buy me eggs, like, like, I mean, it makes sense, because I picture them, like, going to a diner or something, Mm -hmm. and so it's, like, that makes sense. I just imagine them being, like, hungover. Yeah, and so they're, like, going to a diner, Mm -hmm. but it's also kind of interesting, because I'm, like, I feel like eggs is something that, like, most people have at their house, Uh and, like, most people know how to cook eggs. I'm, like, like, they're a rock and roll, they they don't have a house, (laughs) they're a steady house. (laughs) Yeah, so that was just kind of funny to me. They're out, they were out all night, it was, like, 5 a.m., they hadn't slept, and... Yeah. They got eggs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do love, like, I actually hadn't pictured it, like, happening in a diner until I just said that, but mm-hmm. it, like, kind of popped into my head. Um, That's just what I said. I just imagine, like, her and her friends, like, out. Yeah. And have some boys. They have, like, crazy parties. They're, like, yeah. on, in, like, the car. Like, they don't really, like, they're constantly just moving. I'm, like, bus, club, another club. Yeah. Like, that quote from Gaga. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, like, they didn't sleep and they're hungover and it's, like, you think I'm hot? Buy me eggs. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I feel like putting it in the visual context of, like, a diner. Maybe I after, just made like, it make sense. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, after being out all night or, like, maybe they're even on tour or something. Yeah. And they, like, go to a diner at, like, 3 in the morning. Like, that puts it in so much more context for me. Because mm-hmm. before that, I was like, this is just weird. <laughs> but I do also like the detail of, like, hairspray and denim in the chorus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I, I probably texted you that line, like, four times. <laughs> Just, like, every situation, I'm, like, hairspray and denim. Literally. Um, I was, like, I'm wearing bell bottoms, and I was, like, I'm dressed for a 70s concert, and you were, like, hairspray and denim. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but it's so, like, um, like, 70s and 80s rock band, like, just the pairing of, like, the hairspray with the denim. And I also love that she um, kind of references that, like, I guess, like, more of a throwback image of, like, do I say this? It's a less, like, typical vision of masculinity, I feel like. Like, a guy who puts hairspray in. Yeah. Like, that's, like, less typical than, like, I don't know. I don't know, like, what a typical, like, a guy who, like, watches football or something, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, just, like, well, because if we're talking, if it was, like, you know, like, the girls, 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 like, Motley Crue, like, the hair bands of the time, yeah. the men were very feminized. Like, they had very, yeah. like, long hair and would wear, like, tight clothes and we mm-hmm. wear makeup and stuff and just be very like androgynous so mm-hmm. it kind of just makes me think of all that that time period and those the celebrities of that time yeah and i that's why i love that detail because like it calls back to that other time but it also just presents like um this image of she's not like chasing after this like um stereotypically masculine person she's like she's like i like him with some hairspray you know like <laughs> yeah. i just like that that's really cool so track 11 is Paper Gangsta. <laughs> um, and I randomly loved this song a lot when I was 14. Like I said, this was one of the ones that like Spotify would always play for me. Me too. Um, and now I appreciate it a lot more now that I've actually like read the lyrics. Because at the time, um, I kind of just thought it was like, I don't, it's like sassy a little bit, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's fun to listen to in that way. But now I've kind of like, uh, after reading the lyrics, I've kind of recognized like the deeper meaning to it. With her, like, calling out record labels. Like, Def in the Jam, and she yes. just dropped from Island Def Jam. Yeah. And she, like, directly calls them out. Yes. I literally wrote that down. Sorry, I was like, um, I forgot to say No, it. no, you're fine, because I love that part. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and she's she's basically like calling out like she doesn't want to like sign her creativity away and she doesn't want to be part of like an exploitative contract um she doesn't want to be like taken for every penny yeah um she's calling out la reed and yes for sure and then also kind of a double meaning of like i need someone that is going to be like just as extra as me like it's just a good message of like i'm not like making myself palatable for anyone like yeah i need people to match me and if you don't match me then you're not for me i'm gonna keep going and Mm -hmm. you're gonna keep going like it's just like a very self good good mentality to have about yourself and just view of the world and people yeah um i like the opening line midnight rush with a pen in my hand because mm. uh, i totally picture her like just being up late at night she's like just writing this song like mm. maybe she woke up in the middle of the night and she's like oh this idea is so good and she's like yeah. scrambling to get it out um that's chill. a really cool idea. Just got chills. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a cool visual and it also like I feel like it totally matches. Not that she was, like, really a starving artist, but kind of, like, that whole, like... She wanted to be a starving artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, she kind of has the aesthetic of one, mm-hmm. even though she's, like, also this giant pop star, which yeah. is interesting. She's a really interesting artist. Like, she's, lots of... I love her. Very multifaceted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, I wrote down the Sometimes I Felt So Deaf in the Jam lyric. Um, I'm trying to figure out what this... Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> yeah, that's literally, um, that's how I take my notes, and then I just hope that I remember what it meant. Um, but this is, like, the, <laughs> it's, like, the deep background vocals in the back. It's like, oh, oh, yeah. It's like, yo, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I remember what that was, because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I sure did not take helpful notes for that one. Um, yeah, just, that's all we need to say for that. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but I love yeah. it. Yeah, it's a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also kind of adds to the feeling of, like, the song is a little bit, like, darker. Sad, yeah, yeah. dark, sassy. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, track 12 is Brown Eyes. This is about a lost love who had brown eyes. <laughs> this song literally is so sad to me. I don't know, I just, like, mm-hmm. when she's, like, get your last fix and your last I wrote that hit down. <laughs> and grab your old girl with her new tricks. Like, I yes. just think, I just, it's, like, that to me is just so sad like I don't know like it just it's so it just makes me think of like they had this great relationship but it's like over and it's done and like yeah we're never like gonna experience this thing together anymore like our mm-hmm. way of life together is like over and I just think that's very sad <laughs> yeah and it seemed like they almost had like a very like whoever this person was because it, it, she was really writing about some actual lost love is they probably had a very like perform not performative but like a very dramatic and like mm-hmm. relationship of they were very probably both like she probably he probably matched her just being these kind of crazy artist types yeah. and I just think that like the way that she described the relationship I feel like we get an insight in their relationship and how really sad it was for her to lose this connection mm-hmm. um, and I also really liked um, how she said that um, she. She was writing it at, like, 3 a.m., like, crying on the piano after drinking, like, mm-hmm. red wine. And she was, like, one foot on the bed, one foot on the floor. Mm-hmm. Like, she was going through it, and it just really comes out in this song. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like when you're creating something, like, if you start crying, that's how you know, like, <laughs> it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I relate to the lyrics of, like, everything could be everything, like, if only we were older. Yeah. All this stuff. Like, I don't know. Like, I've never even experienced that, but I just, like, know how that, like, I just, like, God, God, these are touching my soul. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like this is songs like The Little Sister to Speechless on The yeah. Fame Monster. And so I feel like because I have more of a personal connection to Speechless, 
And also, this might be sacrilege, but in my opinion, I think Speechless is just a little bit of a better song. Oh, totally. Um, okay, I'm glad you agree. Cause I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so I'm glad that they both exist because they are different. But I think for me, like if I was going for this same vibe, I would go to Speechless first okay. rather than Brown Eyes. Speechless is better. Yeah. Um, but I do like that. So I think this is kind of the first song in the album where we get into more of the like, um, not quite acoustic instrumentation, but it's more like live instruments. This is like Stephanie Germanata. Yeah. I don't think of this as like Gaga. I think of this as like Stephanie. Yeah. Um, and her vocals are great here. I also like that she, she allows like a little bit of like bitterness and like, um, not that her vocals are like off key, but she doesn't like. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, like it's more, she kind of like lets her voice like it's kind natural. of be natural and mm-hmm. just kind of like lets kind of sound like it's not perfectly polished. Yeah. You feel the emotion she's singing. So it's not like this like perfect melody. Yeah. Like she's not going for like the crazy like high notes or like holding notes for a really long time. She's mm-hmm. like she's like sitting there like telling you a story like about the like what happened. coming out. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Um, but then there are, are also moments where, like, her vocals sound, like, gen- like from a technical standpoint, like, they sound good on this song as well. Um, oh, yeah, it's still good. It's just that, like, it's a very just raw style of singing that yeah. is very, like, not, compared to, like, Starstruck. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, something, like, very, like, digitized, like, mm-hmm. vocals. This is very, sounds like she's singing it live. Yeah. And I also like the piano and the drums. And I do like the electric guitar, but I feel like... In the first verse, I don't really like the way it sounds that much because uh-huh. it's like the single chord that's like between each lyric. And it's like, Bwah! I don't really like that as much. But, I like the solo part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like once it gets to the first chorus, I'm like, everything after that is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a really good song. Definitely. That like doesn't really fit on like the, the subject matter at all. Yeah, it's totally different. But I do feel like in my mind, maybe it's just because it is like around all these other songs about fame. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like get your last fix, your last hit, like Yeah. They're all like I just imagine like backstage of like I feel like mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like here's my pitch for a music video. <laughs> They're like doing like a version of Rocky Horror. Ooh. And like it's like I just imagine like all like the people in these like dramatic like like the costumes and the makeup and stuff and like they kinda like forged a relationship like Gaga was playing the like what's her name, Janet, or something. Yeah. And then, but the guy that she's into is playing, um, what's his face? That the main one that everyone... Is it, like, Frank? Frankenfurter, yeah. yeah. That, but that's him. And then, like, but they're in, like, the wild, like, corsets and stuff, and they're, like, they fall in love, and, like, they, like, make out, like, behind the scenes, but then, like, they, something happens, like, he cheats on her or something, and then, like, they break up, but then they still have to perform, like, the passionate, like, last performance and they're like, she's like performing, but like crying. Like she's performing. <laughs> I love it. That actually reminds me of a scene in, um, I can't remember if it was in the book or not, but it's definitely in the movie, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh my God, I love that movie. Yeah. I haven't seen it in years, so I can't like speak to like whether I really like love the scene or not, but it like just sprang to mind no, where he's it. like, he has to like kind of play the love interest of like the, and the girl that he has a crush on is oh the other, the, yeah. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, track 13 is one of the best songs on the entire album. <laughs> I like it rough. Uh, it's very 80s inspired. I love, like, really the entire instrumental, but I especially love, like, the robot voice in the intro where it says, initiate, cherry, cherry, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, shoot, how can we change this tag? To yeah. <laughs> um, and then I also like, I just like the lyrics in general. It's kind of interesting because it's like, 
kind of it's like pretty dark actually yeah it's like about masochism yeah and like i feel like it's almost like a self-reflection for her of yes. being like why do i like it rough? yes like, why and i love it? that yeah like i can't go without it like it's like i know you're bad for me but i you know it's almost like her relationship with like fame mm-hmm. and like being like the fascination of wanting to be famous even knowing all the bad things are being torn down by the media but like she craves it and wants it. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, some psychological thing that happened to her that, like, obviously, like, I'm like, we don't have to get into, like, sexual kinks and stuff, but that's, yeah. like, what I'm getting from this song. No, it totally is that, yeah. And I also like that she... Because you never really hear people talking about, like... Well, first of all, like, BDSM and, like, anything, like, outside of the vanilla doesn't really come up in pop music that often. I feel oh, like yeah. it's it's a little more common, like, today than it was in, like, 2008. Right, or it's, like, full-blown, like, S&M, Rihanna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's an exception to what you're talking about. Yeah, because for the most part, like, especially, like, prior to the 90s, I feel like pop music was very, like, sanitized. Yeah, like, let's all dance and have fun. Yeah, yeah, and it's, like, they would sneak hidden messages in there. Like, there's this song that my mom uh, grew up with. I think it was from, like, the late 70s, maybe. It's called Afternoon Delight. Mm-hmm. And literally, like, they grew up, like, singing that song, and they never knew that it was literally about, like, having sex, like, in the middle <laughs> of the day. But it's so obvious to me now. But um, it's kind of funny because they just grew up with it. Right. Um, but it's, like, you would, like, have to have that knowledge. Like, as a little kid, you wouldn't like, oh, be able to gather from. No. But anyway, that was a tangent. But no, I do like totally that. Song. Yeah, but I do like that not only is she, like, bringing up, like, BDSM and, like, kink and, um, I mean, not explicitly, but, like, it, it's kind of implied. I mean, she's but, saying I like it rough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I also like that she's also examining, like, her own, um, like, sexual proclivities, I guess. Like, yeah. She's like, why do I like it rough? <laughs> like, you got me wondering why. Like, yeah. that's, like, the main thing is, like, you've got me wondering why I yeah. like it rough. Like, why do I want to be why do I derive sexual pleasure from my own humiliation yes but I just think that's crazy yeah it's so cool actually because it kind of like made me wonder like some things about (laughs) myself (laughs) um not like the exact same questions but it kind of makes you wonder like why do I like the things that I like (laughs) I'm laughing (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I mean also like it can be well I'm not even gonna get into it but But, I am what I'll tell you about it later because I don't want to go okay, like, too, too far. Um, not that it's like extremely personal. I just don't want to go too far off track. No, you're um, right. But I also like when she says loving me is like straightening curls because yeah. that's like, I mean, first of all, I have curly hair, so I'm like, I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> not that I ever straighten my hair, but like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just like the, what, is that, what does that mean? Which part? Loving, loving me is like straightening curls. Like, just, like it's like, difficult to do. Difficult, got yeah. it, yeah. Like, yeah. And I like that damaging. because, yeah, I like that she acknowledges that it's, like, difficult on both sides of the relationship. Like, not only is she, like, wondering, she's like, why do I enjoy, like, being treated this way? Mm-hmm. But then she's also like, well, I'm not the easiest to love either. So that's kind of cool. Mm, very cool. Yeah. But, yeah, there's, like, a lot to unpack with this song. Um, yeah, especially with, like, all of the ties to, like, BDSM and, like, all of that stuff. It's mm-hmm. very cool. Um, and another thing I like about I Like It Rough is uh, the backup vocals are really dramatic like once it gets closer to the end she's like you got me <laughs> it's really good I love that too 
Um, and then another thing I wanted to point out that I saw on the Wikipedia page, there's like a bunch of different versions of this album, and I feel like it's less common nowadays, but um, at the time I feel like it was a lot more common for um, albums to be released in like different versions, like regionally. Right. Um, and interestingly, this song is a bonus track on the Canadian version have, of the album. I have that listed too. Yeah. It's so crazy. I thought that was funny. Because a lot of the time, it's like the standard album is pretty much the same, but then like they might choose different bonus tracks for each region. Which is um, weird. Yeah. But um, I know you mentioned it when we did Blackout, but like a lot of the times, like the Japanese bonus track will be like, unavailable in all the other regions i know and it's like really good yeah so i think um oh let me not even try to speak on that but i think i just know from like my brief my brief stint with Mm k-pop is when um there was um group 21 iconic band they released Mm -hmm. a song scream and they did a japanese version but it wasn't able to be viewed on like youtube or like really like seen online like at all so i think japan has like stricter like maybe copyright laws or something Oh, that could be yeah so i don't know yeah that could be but it's interesting that like because i know there was there was a song on the lana del rey album ultra violence there was a song that was like really rare for a while because it was like a um well, I don't even know if I would call it really rare because like that album came out in 2014 so by that point like the internet was like you know mm-hmm. but it was like harder to find than yeah. um all of the other like regional bonus tracks yeah and Mood Ring on Britney Spears latest album Glory I believe that was a Japanese release but they had to like go like re in the re-release they like made it standard so they couldn't just like make it happen so i don't know what's going on i don't know yeah. what's with that but there's a i'm like i'm seeing a pattern here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm like i don't know what it is but i see it uh, yeah <laughs> yeah so if anyone who's listening not that i get much listener feedback but um if anyone who's listening knows more about that then feel free to tweet at me mm-hmm. past the box 15 yeah. um okay so now we go to the closing track for the standard album this is track 14 summer boy which is one of my Gwen favorites. Stefani. You're so right. <laughs> Gwen Stefani, Stephanie Germanotta. I don't know. Have we ever seen them in the same room? I was just about to say that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I texted my friend the other day. Um, I don't know if you know who Joanna Newsom is. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a musician, but um, she's like mainly known for like... So she plays the harp and she also sings. But uh-huh. she's, like, one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Oh, wow. And I'm, like, so impressed by her music. And she's also married to Andy Samberg, which, uh-huh. wait, is that his name? Let me, <laughs> let me verify that. Because I'm, I get a lot of those, like, comedian. Yes, he, she's married to Andy Samberg. But I get a lot of those comedians confused, so I wanted to double-check that. But, yes, that is him. And so that's what most people know her from because he's, like, um, he's an actor. He's in, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yeah. like, a lot of popular things. So most people know her from her relation to him, but um, you're like if you only saw a little <laughs> talent. Yes, exactly. But she's so great. I listen to her music all the time. She's one of my top listened artists for the year. I'll have um, to check her out for sure. Yes, she's so good, and I'm. I definitely want to cover her on the podcast at some point. But it's hard because her music is so like there's so many things to unpack. I'm like, uh, I feel like I would definitely miss so many things. Right. Which it's fine to miss things, but I'm like, I don't want to miss, like, more than 50% of the things. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, like, so hard with her music. But I texted my friend the other day, um, and I was like, I was like, I'm just wondering, have you ever seen Joanna Newsom and God in the same room? (laughs) I didn't think so. (laughs) 
<laughs> Damn, I really got to check her out now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and obviously that's a joke, but I'm like, I really do think she's like one of the most talented no, people. No, she is Jesus. <laughs> she is. Mm-hmm. She is the second coming. <laughs> um, anyway, back on track. Summer Boy is the closing track for the standard album. Uh, it's kind of an odd choice, like sonically, because really, it, like the only other song in the album that's really similar, like in the same, like, vein of having like the live instruments is brown eyes and that one is more of like a like a rock ballad a little bit and so it's interesting that this one is like the closing track because it's so different from everything else this was recorded after she was dropped from Def Jam Mm -hmm. and so they were trying to like expand her sound because they thought that like she was gonna flop like they didn't like you know so she was trying to like kind of do different type of songs so that's why I feel like that explains why this one's so different. And I definitely yeah. think she got a no doubt Gwen Stefani inspiration because it mm-hmm. literally sounds just like Gwen Stefani singing this yeah. <laughs> song to me. Um, and yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. It's so funny to me how like labels always get it wrong. I know. <laughs> like, um, I mean, I know the movie Bohemian Rhapsody was not like entirely historically accurate, but like the label like not wanting them to release Bohemian Rhapsody like as a single, and now it's like it's literally the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of the most recognizable and iconic songs of all time. But it's like I don't know the labels like really. I feel like they underestimate audiences, and they also feel like they know more about what audiences like than they actually than the do. Actual audiences, like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so People, that's interesting. Yeah. That's a whole, yeah. Imagine, like, if, like, I love Summer Boy because it is, like, this fun, different track, but if the whole fame was, like, if it, if it was Summer Boy was the album instead of yeah. the fame, I would be, I don't think we'd be talking about it right now. Yeah, that's very true. Because this song is, like, it's a nice little, I don't want to call it a novelty, but it's, like, like you said about one of the songs earlier, it's kind of, like, a nice little, like, hidden gem on the album. Yeah. But it's not, like... Like, I don't see it doing very well on, like, radios and stuff. Like, Summer Boy's the opener. I'm not, like, paying your tickets to see that. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm, like, I'm kind of curious, like, what that would look like if if the whole album sounded like this. Because I'm, I like... I mean, I'm sure it'd be good. It's yeah. Good, but yeah. would it be this iconic? I don't know. I don't think it would. Because, like, all the big singles, like, none of them sound like this. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. Like, this is one of my favorites from the album, personally. So I'm like, that's an interesting kind of like what if question there. Yeah. Um, but I do like the instrumental a lot. It's mostly live instruments. Uh, the guitar and the bass are pretty prominent. And there's also like this little like distorted like synthesizer sound. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure exactly what that is, but it's like, it, it's like at the opening of the song. And it's like pretty prominent throughout it. Um, I'm trying to like imagine it. Yeah. I can't, I think it's like. I'm not going to imitate it. <laughs> I was about to. You just, like, like, you just open your mouth and, like, the actual song starts playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm, I was going to try, but I was like, I've done enough on this. <laughs> uh, I also like the percussion. I think it might be a cowbell um, yeah. in the back. It's like the... <laughs> I like that. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I really, really like this song. Like, I really do. Um, I don't know why I kind of came for its life earlier, but I really like this song. Um... Just because it is so different, I guess, it's just kind of interesting, and I feel like, I, but I really like the lyrical content. I feel like mm-hmm. this one and AA are like sisters or something. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of a similar, just kind of a fun summer track, and yeah. it's just casual, easy to listen to, and it's like fun. I, I just, I think it's really fun. Yeah. I like how, I, I really like the lyrics, too, of like the sunglasses cover up my green eyes. Mm-hmm. I just is a really cool image, and... 
I feel like there's almost more to that story. I'm like, what's going on there? Like, yeah, I'm like, we need a video. We do. And I think, like, <laughs> Summer Boy, it's, like, perfectly encapsulates that idea of, like, summer love that you know isn't going to, like, go on past yeah. the summer. And but it doesn't like, need to. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, uh, I wrote down, it's literally about a summer fling. Uh, I like when she says, don't be sad when the sun goes down. You'll wake up and I'm not around. I've got to go. We'll still have the summer after all. Wow. (laughs) That is so good. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's, like, perfectly, like, what this song is about. It's, like, Mm -hmm. summer fling. Like, I remember Gaga even was quoted to being, like, this is the song that, like, every girl, like, wants to relate to. Yeah. I wish they could have, like, a summer fling. I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah. But I, I definitely, it's, it reminds me of, like, almost a Grease or something, like, with the, like, Summer yeah, Loving and all that. <laughs> that song is, like, <laughs> that's not aged well. No. <laughs> Did she put up a fight? That is literally. Oh, my God. I'm like, hey, I didn't, I'm just a messenger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's still iconic, of course, but I'm but like. It's, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. And I, I think. Just to clarify, like, I think we can have it both ways. Like, you can still enjoy something and acknowledge that it has problematic elements. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be the one to, like, take that song away from people if they enjoy it. Right. Um, but, yeah. Um, I also, again, going back to that idea of, like, Gaga has, like, all the agency on this album. Like, she is the main character. She is not, like, waiting around on somebody. She's not going to be somebody's second choice. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, so in control of her image and, like, her, her own actions. Um, and that's like really well exemplified here because she literally says hurry up before I change my mind yeah she's like it's a privilege to be my summer fling like you should be so lucky wow I love that (laughs) yes so I really love that song Um, and I also like uh, like you were talking about with the sunglasses imagery, I like yes. when she's she's literally talking about like taking off her bikini top, which is like yes. it's kind of a cool like detail. Um, up and up, up, up. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like okay, music video pitch is since it's for like the fame, it's gonna be mm-hmm. dark, it's gonna be kind of gritty. So what if she's kind of like like a Jennifer's body moment of like mm-hmm. she has like a kind of like a green eyed like monster that comes out when she like finds a boy that she wants and like Ooh. she's like I just see like her like green kind of like reptile eyes and like she puts her sunglasses on <laughs> and then like like the lights are down and like she like takes off like her bathing suit and like seduces him like <laughs> and then like go and go they go into like the water and like and I don't know that's just like she's using men that's interesting yeah, in my mind, I, I like uh, that's That's, like, the fame inspo, but then yeah. the, the main thing is just, like, a fun summer video, like, tropical night, like, yeah. a little tropical moment. Yeah, do you know the Teenage Dream music video by Katy Perry? Yeah. I don't know, like, it's funny that I bring that up, because I'm, like... <laughs> I'm, like, that I said that. I'm, like, funny that you bring that up, like, to myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I just find it funny that I'm, like, bringing up music videos a lot this time. Because, like I said, I'm not a music video person, but, like, in my formative years, I was, like, very much there, like, when all the, like, when the new Katy Perry music video dropped, I was there, like, watching right. it. Right. <laughs> I'm laughing. You really, like, funny to say that. I was like, I didn't say anything. <laughs> I'm literally just, like, having a conversation with myself. <laughs> I'm like, you were so right. <laughs> oh, my that. God. But um, I kind of picture it as being, like, that scene where they're, like, in the car, and I don't know if I'm, like, making this up, because I haven't seen the video in years, but I feel like there was some kind of, like, some kind of, like, clothing object, like, drifting in the wind behind the car as they're, like, going down a coastal highway. Oh, Um, yeah. I'm there. Yeah. (laughs) I'm there. (laughs) I definitely picture that when I listen to this song. 
Uh, and then they're like kind of like running around on the beach and she's like got like a little like two piece on uh, like <laughs> yeah it's just fun um oh wait not me spoiling my favorites list yeah. <laughs> um, okay so track 15 is disco heaven okay well you already know what the top one was anyways yeah but <laughs> disco heaven is the bonus track and this is like literally just about dancing and it's like a fun like disco like tribute to the disco era and it's interesting that she kind of talks about like it's almost like she's giving a performance with a group of girls, which is kind of interesting. It's so. really, really funny that you say that because <laughs> you're always on point because this was inspired by her days with Lady Starlight, yes. who who kind of not discovered Gaga, but kind of like found her when she was, she was named Lady Gaga, like Lady Gaga didn't like piggyback off her name, but yeah. Lady Gaga and Lady Starlight, they found each other when Gaga was like a go-go dancer and she helped like, they put on like fashion, like they did like shows oh. to dancing in like the street and like New York and stuff together. And they had a show together called Lady Gaga and the Starlight Revenue. And yes. um, and she even credits Lady Starlight with her interest in, like, performance art. And she never thought of, like, performance as being an art and as a way to, like, tell stories mm. before she started working with Lady Starlight. So I think that's, that's so really cool. interesting compared to, like, art pop, where who's, like, that's, like, the entire point is performance art. So, yeah. like, without Lady Starlight, we wouldn't have gotten yeah. that. And, like, or really Gaga in general, like, performance yeah. art. Like, you think about even, like, her performance of um, Paparazzi, where she, like, literally, like, hangs herself on stage. And, like, yeah. like that's such performance art. So, I can't... I, it's weird for me to even think that Gaga didn't think of performance as art yeah. before meeting with her. It feels so integral to her entire career. Mm-hmm. Even with, like, like the Paparazzi music video and, like, the telephone video. These, like, yeah. short film-esque, like, things that she created. And then, of course, like, the live performances. But, like, right. yeah... Like, everything about her career is so, like, it's it's not just about the music. There's also, like, all these visual components to it and, right. like, the performance piece. Yeah, that's crazy that <laughs> it wasn't even, like, like, one of her top priorities until she met Lady Starlight. I know. I'm with Lady Starlight, but are we getting paid royalties? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, of course, there are disco influences on this song, but it's not... I, I don't know if I would necessarily call it a disco song. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's more, like just, like, a pop song that has, like, a little bit of, like, a callback to disco. I agree with that. Um, I do like that this one has, like, more of the live instruments again. Um, Mm -hmm. The guitar, the drums, the bass, they all sound really good. And there's also some, like, dramatic string flourishes, especially at the beginning of the song. Yeah, Which is really fun. Um, I didn't pick up on those the first couple times, but then, like, when I was listening with my headphones in, I actually heard them more closely. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. I love her voice in this. I love how it's mm-hmm. very, like, empowered or very just kind of lower sounding for her. Like, yeah. She's kind of, like, calling out orders. Like, mm-hmm. like you have, like, Get Back Bunny. Yeah. And, like, it's getting hot in here. Like, yeah. I just, that's so good. I just imagine, like, that disco of just, like, the party's rising and there's lights everywhere and it's just, yeah. like, heating up and she's just on control in the mic. Yeah, this makes me think a lot of, not me referencing another music video, but um, it makes me think a lot of, I think that's actually, um, just to interrupt myself, um, mm-hmm. I think this album actually is very, like, cinematic in that way. Like, yeah. a lot of the songs we've been singing, like, oh, it makes me picture this. And it's yeah. like, like, the visual component of this album is so important. Even, like, not necessarily just the visuals that she created, but also the visuals that it, like, puts in the listener's mind. For sure. But this also makes me think of, um, 
like the music video for Blow by Beyonce, where they're oh like, oh my god, that's such a phenomenal video. Yeah, because that one's very eighties, mm-hmm. um, with like the like neon lights and like oh the roller god. skating and that last scene where she has like kind of that like guitar thing where she's like flipping her like hair on her like oh my yeah. god, that's such a good video. Yeah, it makes me think of that for sure, and I also just picture like. I don't know, just, like, a typical, like, 80s dance scene. Actually, this kind of reminds me of the movie Prom Night, the original one with Jamie Lee Curtis in it, mm-hmm. because there's there's so many extended sequences in that movie, and I think it was because they wanted to, like, pad the runtime to make it long enough. <laughs> but there's so many extended dance sequences in that like, movie. <laughs> They're like, well, we're at prom, so I guess we'll just show them dancing for five minutes. <laughs> it's so funny. But even before the prom, there's, like, this one part where Jamie Lee Curtis is just, like, she goes into the empty auditorium. Like, it's the day of prom or, like, the day before or something. Mm-hmm. And she's just, like, there, and she's like, I'm going to dance. And oh then my there's, God. like, the whole sequence of her dancing. That came out in the 80s, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm like, that is total 80s movie vibe. Just, like, yeah. an impromptu dance. For no yeah, reason. I love that. Yeah, I want to say it was actually the year eight, 1980. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just love that. And also, like, Jamie Lee Curtis looks really good in that movie. Like, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is just, like, iconic. Like, yeah. Yeah, I love her. Um, but yeah, it makes me think of all those things. Just, like... Camp. It's camp. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Okay, so getting on to our favorites. So my number one track is AA, Nothing Else I Can Say. Uh, I think it was pretty obvious from the way I talked about it that it was my favorite. Yes. Um, I also put I Like It Rough as number two, which was probably also obvious because I talked a lot about <laughs> it. Uh, and then track three is actually Paper Gangsta, which might be a little bit surprising. It is. I'm like the audience. I'm like, ooh, I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, like a daytime talk show. The audience is like, ooh. <laughs> um, wow, but yeah, like, well, how come? I just like the lyrics of that one a lot. Yeah. Um, especially her just, like, calling out Def Jam. That's so cool to me. True. Um, yeah, and also it kind of ties in with um, something that I really liked about uh, the title track, The Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, although that one is not one of my favorites, I did really like that she kind of, like, commented on that, like, exploitation of women and their yeah. sexuality in particular. But I feel like Paper Gangsta, like, ties in with that a lot. Um, True. But more specifically in terms of, like, record labels and artists. Yeah. So that was the main reason that I put that one there. And then my number four favorite, which is the last one I listed, is Summer Boy. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's just fun. <laughs> and it's so, like, like I said, it's so cinematic for me. Like, I just have so many visual, like, connections with that song. And going back to the call out of Def Jam, that also inspired the music video for Mary the Night. Oh, okay. Yeah, kind of, like, going through that, like being knocked down and then just kind of owning your artistry and yourself, mm-hmm. I guess, again, because her confidence was really shaken after that, obviously, so she yeah. had to, like, rebuild herself back up from the flames. Yeah. yeah. I just think that's really interesting. That is cool. Because that would probably mess up my confidence from, like, a beautiful, dirty rich, I'm so proud of this, and then they're like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> you like, this is the worst thing I've ever <laughs> uh, I should have, like, planned what my favorites are ahead of time. Um, I definitely, Love Game is up there for me. I really, mm-hmm. really like that one. I just, I've never heard, like I said, I've never heard anything like it, and I've mm-hmm. never heard anything like it since. Um, I also really love the actual song, The Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think the production of it is so cool, and just knowing the kind of Prince inspiration is really cool. Yeah. And knowing that it was, like, literally one of the first songs, like, not even because I'm like, it's the title track. I feel like it's kind of, like, not like a weak song, but it's, like, 
definitely not single material, but it's like so good. I just really, really like it. Yeah. And I, my last one I would say is I Like It Rough because that's just a great song. It makes me think. Yeah. And it's just the production's really, really cool. Yeah. God, the instrumental in that song, mm, mm-hmm. it's so good. And not that like this album, this album doesn't really feel like extremely dated to me. No. Um, like it definitely feels like 2008 in some places, but it oh, doesn't yeah. feel like as dated as like, um, well, like Blackout, for example, felt a lot more dated than this. Oh, for sure. But um, not in a bad way, but like, I just think this album has aged better. Um, but like, I feel like I like it rough in particular, like because it has those callbacks to the 80s, which are also like kind of, it's also kind of popular in pop music right now to do yeah. like like 80s synth pop, like that kind of thing. Right. Um, I'm like, just look at Stupid Love. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it has aged better in terms of like just what's popular right now. But also just overall, I think I Like It Rough is one of the songs that like definitely sounds the best. Yeah. Um, I agree yeah. with that. So, <laughs> this episode is like really long. I mean... It's okay. It was worth this. it. Yeah. I just hope like people will actually listen to it. But... <laughs> <laughs> you but, can't say that on air. It's, you can't let them see you shake. Yeah. You're so right. <laughs> Lady Kaga would never. I know. Um, yeah. So I think that's about all I have to say. Um... In summation, in conclusion. <laughs> in <laughs> conclusion, you don't want to hear us say anything else more about this, probably, because yeah. it's so long. Um, but I know you listen to all of it because we're so amazing and fun to listen to, mm-hmm. and we provide <laughs> such amazing insight, not only of the factual information of what happened and how it ties into the artistry and the songs, but also intertwining with our own personal memories and experiences mm-hmm. with the music that I feel like other people in our generation or other fans of this album and can really relate to mm-hmm. yeah very well said thank you yeah so i think i'll go ahead and end it here once again you can follow me on twitter at past the ox 15 for updates on the podcast as well as the live radio show on wodu um and this has been lady gaga the fame go listen to it <laughs> <laughs>